Bronan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the Zamundo podcast. In the golden age of podcasts, there was but one undreamed of. And unto this Zumundo, destined to wear the crown of pop culture upon a troubled brow. You are now listening to Doolin and Keith on the Zumundo Podcast. And welcome to Zumundo Podcast, episode 24. I'm Doolin. And I'm Keith. Hey, aren't you glad I did it? Yeah, tonight? you finally did. He's, he's, What's he's like, going you on? He's like, you haven't done it in the last three shows. It's been like, frustrating. Right, I'm like losing. I don't know when to start. Yeah. Uh, how how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. How the age old question that we ask every week? How has your week been? My sir? week has been pretty good. I uh, I had something to say here, but I don't remember what it was. It was it was pretty chill. We I got into we, we did our Dungeons and Dragons campaign we did, this we week did. with our friend Ian. Uh, at the Dungeon Master Helm. It's his first dungeons, uh, his first uh, outing into Dungeon Master. Interesting. He's got a, uh, we're doing like a modern day Florida kind of thing. Kind of like, think yeah. think like uh, Bright, like the Will Smith movie Bright. Like this, I, kind I of like that. that. Oh, well, I know it's a, of it's it. It's like a yeah. modern day magic Is that and where monsters. Is that alcoholic kind of, superhero? No, you're thinking of Hancock. That's Will Smith too, right? Yeah, that's also okay. Will Smith. Yeah. Okay. My bad. That's Sorry. Right. Anyways, but the, we got into some Dungeons and Dragons, and I went on a ghost tour this week too. Yeah, that was uh, that sounded kind of interesting. That was kind of fun. Like we learned a lot of the local history. Um, awesome. Talked to the guy that ran it. He's he's really really cool. He's actually got some uh, some ghost stories to Ooh. tell, and I'm um, gonna try to gonna try to get him in here on the show next week. So for be, uh, yeah. some mysterious world. for some mysterious world. Absolutely, we got a great nice. mysterious world lined up tonight. We got too, a big man. show today. We, yeah, it's this a, is a big show. It is a lot of stuff we're gonna a lot talk of content. about. Um, well, I'm glad your week's been good. I, I watched Loki. I wasn't going to ask. Episode no, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm oh, kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. Well no, 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 no. Yeah, I'm going to tell you. You anyway. watched Loki uh, season two? Uh, yeah. And uh, well, the second episode dropped, so I watched it, and uh, it was pretty good. So um, we got like a weird Depending on what you, uh, here. you consider good. I know people are uh, reviewing it both ways. I, I, I think he's a great actor. And oh, Tom Hiddleston's I'm, I'm amazing. I'm enjoying it. Um, there is some weird moments with the acting in this one, mm-hmm. but whatever. You know, at some point, I'll review the show. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah right. that's, that's pretty much highlight my week. Any and I, uh, any, highlight, any highlights of the show that you could have talked about? Uh, there's some really stiff jokes. Uh, Sylvie's back. This is episode two. Episode course, three should be up tonight Sylvie's or tomorrow. Uh, so it was cool to see her again. And then uh, Floki actually, uh, Floki. That's from uh, Floki. Yeah, that's, that's from, from that's Vikings. from Vikings. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So Loki actually uses some Loki powers, which is which is. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see. Right? Nice to see. Yeah. Nice to see Loki back in action as the as the timeline well, is just destroying itself. <laughs> Well, before we get into everything tonight, first of all, it is October. Rocktoberfest. And I'm going to have to get out my... This is... You can't uh, even see uh, it on camera. You can't even see it on camera. Hold on. This is my... (laughs) This is my Oktoberfest mug tonight, so we've I've got uh, a giant. We'll, yeah, we'll mug. we'll get in we'll get into that with brews, news, and reviews here in yeah. just a few minutes. But, but first, I, I did need I did need the drink in hand for what we are about to do. Yeah, unfortunately, and this is never something that we really like to do very much. But it is kind of a it is kind of an unofficial. Well, actually, tonight we'll make it's it official. official yeah. This is an official segment on the show that we do um, when we have to prior to Bruce News and Reviews. So it's a segment that we call Zumundo Farewells. Yes. So occasionally... 
people who uh, who have done a lot in entertainment. Uh, they leave behind bodies of work, and uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, they're a big part of. I mean, fortunately, they were a big part of our lives, but unfortunately. They, you know, they they have to move on at They're some no point, as, as we as we all do. So we have two of them. Uh, we had a couple this, this week. week. Yeah, we yeah. had a couple this week. So we're going to go ahead and get into that with a couple Zumundo farewells. Um, first up, uh, we're going we're going to start with um, Bert Young passed away uh, back on um, October eighth, but they waited until yesterday. Yes. To announce it. So for uh, those of you who don't know, you might not know his name. Oh, but you know him. But you know him. Uh, yeah. Burt Young, uh, he was an Oscar nominee, uh, best known for his portrayal of Polly Panino. Polly uh, Panino. In, in the Rocky movies. Yeah, so, so Polly from the Rocky, his full name, Polly Panino, yeah. is played by uh, by Burt Young. Burt Young mm-hmm. passed away at 83. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, 83, um, yeah. Uh, but a little known fact about this, at least in the early movies. Yeah. I got, I got a... I, a a Burt Young. In fact, he was in the Marine Corps for a couple years in the late 70s. Yeah. And or he, late, and, I'm sorry, the late 50s, the late 50s. And? And he boxed. And he was a boxer as well. He won like well, 32 yeah. or 34 fights or something like that. Uh, so he was the only boxer. The only like the actual boxer movie. in the yeah. Rocky movies. Which was kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> until later, because obviously they put uh, the Tommy guy, Tommy Gunn was in there. He's a really uh, He was an actual boxer. boxer. Yeah. yeah. And I, I know... Um, in the Apollo movies, I don't know what the you know the experience of the actors are. Yeah, they, yeah, they might have have some boxing um, experience, but, but I thought yeah, that was kind of funny. I, I mean, but like, we, I mean, he he was in uh, over one hundred and sixty films and TV shows. Uh, he's, he, I mean, like he he was way more than just Polly from the Rocky. He movies. absolutely was. He did cameos in Mash, mm-hmm. Miami Vice, The Sopranos. Sopranos. I don't know if you got some of the stuff. I did. I do have some of the stuff too. But that's okay. Um, yeah, it, it, uh, Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, really? Law and Order. Nice. Once Upon a Time in America. Yes, I, I saw that. I didn't. Uh, yeah, I Chinatown. Didn't, Chinatown is a is yeah. a classic movie. Did so I, did I? I'm so gonna, he was one of those uh, really famous character actors. And when I say character, I mean like you know we all watch the big screen movies with like Tom Cruise yeah. and Keanu Reeves, but we have all of these background actors, and you see those actors in those films, and you say to yourself like, "Oh my God, it's that guy who's in, in everything. He's in everything. Yeah. You're like, What's his name? What's his name? He was one of those guys. But it was Burt Young, and um, like I said, he was just a great addition to the Rocky movies. And Paulie was just such a great complex character very complex uh, you know we, we met him in the first rocky movie and he was kind of this abusive asshole to towards his sister adrian, adrian you yeah. know um and he, he at so times he was in those he, movies oh yeah she was uh he he was jealous of rocky he was like, jealous he of was, her and he was, he was he was jealous of her he was afraid of being alone but, but then finally by the time we see him uh, he has this great character arc throughout all of the movies and by the time we finally see him in rocky balboa in 2006 which mm-hmm. was his last appearance as paulie right um he had completely redeemed himself and was Rocky's best friend and had been there even after Adrian had he died. He seemed like he, uh, he actually had some life guidance and stuff by yeah. then, you know, like it was a, it was an interesting, he was very regretful over his, his past actions and yeah, things, it was, but it was an interesting character yeah. for sure. He did a great job with he that. He did a great job. And, uh, Burt, Burt Young, uh, passed away at 83, October 8th. He will be missed. We're going to raise our drink or glasses. Cheers everybody. Zumundo toast for the great Burt Young. Here you go. Yeah. Cheers, buddy. All right. Mm. Oktoberfest mug. It's great. I, I love, love Oktoberfest. And, um, you know, sometimes we got to do more than one Zumundo farewell. This so. one surprised me. This I one just has surprised thought, a lot of people yeah. because she, I mean, she wasn't, she wasn't really young, but she wasn't that old either. I don't have her age written down. Um, just she, uh, she, uh, just shy of her 77th so she birthday. would be like my dad. She actually, age. it was uh, yeah. her, uh, he passed she, she passed uh, Suzanne Summers. 
passed away the day before her 77th birthday. So okay. she was just yeah, shy of 77 years old. Yeah, Suzanne Summers, if you don't remember, obviously the big ones, she was on Three's Company. Three's, three's coming, knocking yeah. the door. Come yeah. On, knock on the- yeah, she was she was one of the hotties on there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember watching her as a kid, watching Step by Step. You remember uh, that that's, show? That, and that, that's what I knew her from, too, because Three's Company was a little bit before my time. Yeah, we used to watch it in Syndicate, right? Yeah. Like, reruns and stuff. Um, but she's also done a lot of other things, just like, just like uh, yeah. Burt Young has, mm-hmm. um, she she was in the Six Million Dollar Man. Mm-hmm. She she had a I got a sponsor on Love Boat. No, she was on Love Boat. Yep, I got uh, that. She too. was in Full House, which I didn't know. Um, Who was she in? Was she had like a bit part of Full House? Yeah, like a, in an episode you know, or something. She was on The Simpsons. She voiced a character on that, mm-hmm. but she was also in big movies like Bullet, nineteen sixty eight, oh, nice. with Steve McQueen. Very cool. And uh, she was in Magnum Force, Dirty Harry movie, mm-hmm. nineteen seventy three. Um, yeah, she's got a, a, a great body of work as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and a great body once upon a time yeah, yeah. as, uh, as evidence in Playboy 1980 and 1984. <laughs> 1980. Just saying, and 1984. Uh, that's uh, not the only Playboy <laughs> reference we're going to have on this show, believe no, it or not. No, it's not. Not tonight. Um, um, but, but, you know, she struggled very hard um, at, at a young age. Uh, she struggled with dyslexia oh. and overcame that. And, of course, you know, if you're an actor, that's a hard thing to overcome. Because well, you got to read. Because you got you to read and memorize the lines yeah, and things like sure. that. Um, but then also... Uh, her her uh, her father was in an abusive alcoholic, Aww. and she you know and she grew up under that roof as that well. Sucks. So um, so she it wasn't, busted out and she did a bunch of she really did cool well she started by doing some some theater with uh, shows like HMS Pinafore and Guys and Dolls things like that some okay. of the classics, and uh, finally in the late sixties early seventies she started with small roles in um, in film, and her first film role was actually in George Lucas's American Graffiti. That's a classic. A lot of people don't know about that yeah. movie. That's yeah, actually that's how a, in, um, um, that's how. That's how George Lucas got started. That's how he found Luke Skywalker. And that's how right? no, that's how he found Han Solo. That was Harrison Ford's first movie as right. well. Because Harrison but, Ford was just working. Know? Well, Harrison Ford was just working on the sets back then. How do you know Mark Hamill though? I thought, Mark Hamill. I don't. Know, Mark Hamill was not car? in American Graffiti. You're thinking of you're thinking of Harrison Ford. Who who drove the crazy looking Corvette? Oh, that, that was, was Harrison Ford. I think. The, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, but anyways, go back and look at that. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, George Lucas's American Graffiti was like her first role, and then her big breakout was, of course, with John Ritter and Three's Company back in nineteen seventy-seven. Too right? He did. Yeah, yeah, he passed away back in two thousand and three. So John Ritter's been gone for about twenty years now. Um, but she uh, she starred in five seasons of Three's Company before being that was fired a great over. Show. Oh man, who was the other lady on the show? Do you know? I don't remember. I remember watching that, Mister Rober. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd actually, I, you know, admittedly, I never really watched Three's Company. Like I said, it was before my time. Fair enough. But uh, yeah, but she did that for five seasons. She got fired over uh, contract disputes, um, oh. which kind of caused her falling out with her co-star John Ritter. So they actually oh. they didn't talk for a long time, but then hmm. they reconciled in 2003 and then within a few months later john ritter passed away well that's nice they got to uh they got to reconcile yeah yeah. um uh, she did a lot of sitcoms over the years not just step by step which is the one that we knew her from but that was where she was a main character yeah um she's the sheriff richmond single women um and then she also did a lot of headliner work at the mgm grand in las vegas and she did that for a lot of years doing what I just I like singing and because yeah, she sings, yeah, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. I think she was a singer. Oh, and interesting. Stuff. And then, of course, we can't forget her run as the thigh master smoke spokesperson, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, if you turn on the TV at two a.m. and there's that, Suzanne Summers, right? Yeah, yeah, every time you say that, it immediately makes me think of Chuck Norris and what, like Kristen, that total Baker, total abs was, body yeah. gym fitness. That, yeah, the thing. I just saw a thing where he's actually using it still. Yeah, today, so it was, it was it's like a weird Pilates machine or something. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but then, but then, uh, 1991, she, she's in step by step and that mm-hmm. show runs for six seasons. It yeah, has it was a, full a lot run. longer than I thought. Yeah. Six seasons. And then, um, you know, and then she came on, she kind of became like a show host. She had her own talk show for a while. The Suzanne Summers show. Oh, I um, about that. Yeah. And, uh, also I think her, her, one of her last television appearances was in 2015 with, uh, Dancing with the Stars. Oh, okay, cool. So cool. you know, we we talk a lot, like like I said, about the big blockbuster movies and everything. But it, our 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 youth and the things we grew up with and the media that we consumed, especially as kids, isn't all about that. It's no. some about you know smaller TGIF things. Yeah, TGIF, stuff, right? yeah. man, exactly. Um, so I forget um, what day of the week, but I mean, you know, I used to watch Home Improvement one night oh, of the week. Yeah. You watch Step by Step, you know, all these things. Absolutely. So, yeah. So uh, so this is our Zumundo toast. We're gonna raise a glass and say farewell to the late great Suzanne Summer. Cheers. See you out there. See you on the other side. All right. All right. Now that we've paid our respects. Yeah. Let's, uh, you want to go ahead? We got a lot to talk about tonight, man. We do. A lot of concepts. Let's uh, let's get into some bruise news and reviews. Yeah, let's. Send it. And now, bruise news and reviews. It stinks. Sometimes it stinks. Sometimes it's pretty good. Sometimes it's awesome. All right. Who wants to start off the news? You want to start the news? You want me to start the news? Okay. Uh, no, I'm going to start with Bruce because that's... Oh, that's right. We got Bruce. Yeah. yeah so I, I forgot about the Bruce part. Just before we went on the was, air, I had my first of the year and first maybe in a couple years, Samuel Adams Oktoberfest, which is what he's currently drinking right now. Mm-hmm. And I have to say... It brings back the warmer fuzzies, fuzzies, yeah, you know, and not just because it gives you a buzz, but you know, because it's it's just that time of year, everybody. Yeah, it's it's, and, it's October. It's it time for Oktoberfest, and I got my and it's yeah, it's mm. it's an interesting thing. It's not like Dunkel, what you go to the fest to drink and all that stuff. That's my favorite, mm-hmm. but uh, for an Oktoberfest thing, but it just I don't know, man. There's something about Sam Adams. It's a cool, you know, it's a cool brewery yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I'm and it's I'm, an old brewery too. Yeah, and I'm drinking my Sam Adams Oktoberfest. Although I did put a little splash of. Uh, Fireball whiskey Ugh. in there just for flavor. Yeah, you know what? I wish I hadn't done it because I think I ruined it. I think I ruined it by disgusting. doing this. But uh, you know, um, same matter. What does Fireball have to do with Octo? Just it's a little bit of cinnamon, man. Like cinnamon makes everything better. Cinnamon spice and yeah. I should I should have just enjoyed the beer without putting the Fireball in oh, there. You're good, bro. But it's but I didn't put much in there. It was just a splash. But I I'm like drinking. You, it. I'm like, mm, what man. do you think of Oktoberfest though? I like Octo- I, I like Oktoberfest, but you know what I like a little bit more is their um, their winter brew that they do. Oh, they do a they do a good. They, yeah. they used to or, have a bunch of stuff. Cher- uh, Sam Adams Cherry Wheat is also another. Cherry Wheat's pretty, pretty good. Man, yeah. I forgot about all this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think most of them are seasonal. Right? There was a couple years where they just like blew up with the. Uh, the not just Sam Adams, you know, and mm-hmm. Sam Adams, and it's cool. Sam Adams came in; they have their own proprietary glass, you mm-hmm. know, kind of like Guinness does, mm-hmm. which is fun. Yeah, it's it's a good brewery. If you yeah. get a chance, check them out. Yeah, I mean, everybody everybody's checked out Sam Adams at this point, probably. So that's our brews. I used to get mad when they charged mm-hmm. it as an export import beer. Really? It would be like on the import list. Right. And you're like Sam Adams is like <laughs> one of the oldest breweries in America. What's going like, on? What, it's just like, oh no, yeah. it's, it's manufactured like, in China now. They also did that with Yingling too, and I'm like, this makes no sense at all. But, all right. You well, know, what are you so they can charge an extra dollar? Really yeah, exactly. Yeah. What are you sipping on there, bud? Uh, well, right now I'm having um, a little bit of Tito's handmade. Handmade. Um, and, it's handmade. And uh, I mixed it with some Red Bull so that I could stay up for this five hour show. Yeah, I know. I'm tired too, but um, we're gonna get through this together, man. Yeah, this is gonna be. If a you fun guys one. weren't here on the pre-show uh, before we started recording, we did our uh, we did our pre-show shot. So yeah, I didn't yeah. like that. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> he it did not like that. But it happened. We it, did it. it. We did do and, it, and now we've moved on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, right. We're gonna move on then. 
Let's move on. From Let's there. get some news going. All right, man. some news. Some news. You got news? I got I, news. I have a. Uh, this isn't really news. I've got a. Today is. The, I believe it's today or yesterday. I think it's today. Mm-hmm. In 1968, this is the day that Jimi Hendrix released "All Along the Watchtower" as a single. Oh, kind of random fact. And okay. I, I I thought that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the other. Uh, in other news, um, the New York Comic Con happened last weekend. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of cool photos and stuff came out. I didn't cover it nearly or obsess about it like Dragon Con because I was actually at Dragon Con. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the people we knew and have met at Dragon Con, uh, they were all at you of know, course, the New York it, Comic Con. Yeah. They, go, one, they right? go to all the cons, um, yeah. The Marvel booth was like out of control. <laughs> they had like a cool setup. They even had a costume contest for people mm-hmm. in Marvel costumes. The the same Rocket was there, mm-hmm. um, or at least the same costume. I don't know. It could be a different person in there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but they uh, the people who won the costume contest were dressed as the Avengers, and there was nice. a dude who literally looked like Doctor Strange. Like He he looked like the actor. So, yeah, they, they, would, they would probably crush us in that one. Um, they had a guy that at certain angles looked like Hawkeye, Oh, you know, nice. Like you could tell, you know, I was like, that's pretty he's like, good. He was yeah. like, he's like, like the like Jeremy, Jeremy Renner that Jeremy you Renner, ordered yeah. from Wish. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's funny. Um, and then they had a couple oh. more. That group won. And then there was a couple can I Can ones. I interject for one thing here, real of quick? Course, um, yeah. Is it just because you happen to mention the Avengers and the date? Because um, it, uh, it's just mm. really funny. Two, two days ago was October 17th, 2023. Rest in peace. The day that Tony Stark officially snapped it would have been and, right saved, right? and saved the universe. Yeah. So. He so, reversed the Thanos. Snap. Yeah, so that was uh, in the movie, uh, in in the MCU timeline, that was October 17th, 2023, which was just two days ago. So rest in peace, Tony Stark. Cheers. Tony, I love you. Cheers, buddy. That's a Zumundo farewell to Tony Stark. Also, okay, sorry, I had yeah. to, I, well, no, I, was saying, cool. I would have forgotten. We can, we can talk more about yeah. Tony Stark when, when we get uh, Charles on the line. Yeah, right? absolutely. Um, so I, I, I get... You, do you want to go? Yeah, I, I'll go. I go to my movie um, yeah, stuff. since we're talking about MCU here, real quick, this is uh, this is relevant to MCU. Um, so, Daredevil was uh, aired on Netflix in 2015. Now, this was before okay. Disney Plus happened, and it went for three seasons, which is, I mean, and honestly, it's kind of long for the a, first. Uh, the Daredevil series was actually really, it was really, really good. It was yeah, the Daredevil series on um, Netflix. Um, uh, Marvel gave Netflix the the rights to to stream this series. Is that where that super legit costume comes from? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so then when Disney Plus started, they pulled all of the Marvel shows they had from Netflix uh, because they wanted to build their brand. But then they brought back Charlie Cox as Daredevil, who made an appearance in She Hulk. I'm told. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, he made an appearance in She Hulk. Um, and also in Spider-Man No Way Home, he made an appearance in Spider-Man oh. No Way Home. Um, but they were working on doing a Disney Plus Daredevil series uh, called Born Again. Now, if, if you've never, if you've ever read Born Again, it is like one of the. And I'm sure Charles is watching, and he'll tell us about it. Like, because I've read Born Again, it was it was flipping amazing. You've and, read a lot more comics yeah. than I ever thought you did. I, I, yeah. I, I, I've read I'm some. I'm impressed with your... I'm, with I haven't your... read as many as Comic Man, but what? I've read some comics. <laughs> Come on, nobody has. Um, but uh, in, basically, in it, uh, Karen is... Uh, Karen Page is, is uh, addicted to heroin, and oh, she geez. sells... In the comic books, she sells uh, Daredevil's identity, Matt Murdock, to the Kingpin for basically 
a hit of heroin, basically. Oh like, my yeah. god! So I mean, and that, and then it go, then it goes from that to Wilson Fisk just making Matt Murdock's life a living hell. Now the thing about this is that was they they kind of they did their own version of it, but that was kind of Daredevil season three on the Netflix show, right? Okay. Cool, cool. So when they said like Disney Plus doing Daredevil Born Again, I'm like, well, we. We did it already. You kind of got that. You kind of did it already. But they're doing, they did this weird thing where it's like, we're going to bring back the actor and not really, like, not really acknowledge it, but, you know, just kind of do our own thing at the same time. It was this weird thing. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, I don't know if you saw the Hawkeye series, but um, I I didn't watch that. Well, well, spoilers. Vincent D'Onofrio, who played Kingpin in the series, comes back as Kingpin in Hawkeye, and it was like it was very strange because it was like it was a different kind of Kingpin. Like he had like almost superhuman strength. Okay, where he's like throwing Kate Bishop around by like one hand across the room, and you're like, dude, I know he's strong, but he's not that strong. Right, right, right. right. Charles yeah. is going to chime in on all this when we bring it when we bring it in. Um, oh yeah, yeah, he's already chiming in. Um, but uh, but anyways, far, right. I say all that to say this because I'm kind of long winded here because I really did like the Daredevil Netflix series. Yeah, clearly this had um, an effect on you. So uh, Disney Plus was going to do their own Born Again series, and after eight episodes, they just scrapped all of it. Like so they just they just hit the reset. Button. I have a They're little like, no. bit of possible info on that. Go hit me. So it, it it must not have been going well, right? In production, Correct, we, we heard yeah. this from uh, from uh, uh, something we just watched another live stream. Mm-hmm. Great group of people. Um, Chris Gore, shout out. We met you at Dragon Con. Mm-hmm. It was really cool to meet yeah, you. Yeah. But um, they were For talking sure. about it, and they said that if the show wasn't going well, it would have been a decent time with the writer strike and everything that they could let they you could, know they could yeah, use yeah. a contract clause and be like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna fail at this, so we can just mm-hmm. cut it. But they'd already filmed eight episodes, which is crazy. Yeah, that's me. I mean that's nuts, right? Yeah, that seems like you did. It a had lot to of work. have been really bad for them to be like, no. Yeah, makes yeah. It just makes me wonder like how bad it was. But um, yeah, we were maybe, set it's, to... maybe it's out there somewhere. And uh, if you're from Disney and you want to send it to us, uh, I'll watch it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but it was funny because we were set to see a return uh, from Vincent D'Onofrio, who we already saw in Hawkeye, uh, Charlie Cox's Hawkeye. Daredevil, and John Barathal returning as the Punisher, which uh, I also loved him as the Punisher. They introduced him in season two of Daredevil, and he had his own you know, show on Netflix additionally. Punisher's one of the few kind of like James Bond guys that can mm-hmm. get recasted and, and does get recasted constantly, mm-hmm. right. um, that it doesn't bother me as much as other characters yeah. being recasted. Yeah. Yeah. Fair kind of, enough. Kind of interesting, yeah. Um, but if you're also though, if you're a Daredevil fan, and here's the only here's the other thing that I think upset a lot of the fans is there was a lot of rumors flying around that Foggy and Karen Page, uh, who were like you know they're they're big characters in the Daredevil world, okay, were uh, not only killed in like season one of Born Again, but they just like killed them off screen like as an afterthought they're just uh, like oh yeah remember when foggy and karen died anyways moving on like could be one it, and of i think a lot of people are like well. yeah, yeah exactly so um hopefully they they rework that and uh consider that moving forward in the future i i, awesome. I would really like to see uh something good from daredevil because that character deserves it okay so that's what i got i got uh in my little my little fast bits here mm-hmm. uh, i saw the trailer for napoleon we were talking about a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, last you. Week. Oh, there's a trailer out. There's a trailer out. Okay. We need to. We need to not bring it up and watch on the show, but you, we got to watch that tonight because it's nuts, man. Okay. Um, it looks like a big film, like just what we were talking about. It looks bigger than what I initially saw. So yeah, it looks pretty nuts. Um, and uh, watching Is it an Phoenix epic? looks like mm-hmm. it. I think it's going to be an epic. It's definitely considered an epic. Mm-hmm. Um, that, so that that's cool. The trailer's out. Go check it out. I know it's on IGN, probably a couple other places. Okay. Uh, John Woo has a new movie coming out. 
The John legendary Woo. John Woo. Really? Yeah, I haven't heard anything Never. from John Woo. That's a name I've not heard in a long time. Oh, I'm wearing my Jedi robe tonight, by the way. Yeah, so. I got a uh, Zelda shirt here. Uh, <laughs> I forgot to address it at a the link beginning. To the, a link to the past. Yeah. I didn't I didn't ask you what you were wearing over there. So. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, John Woo's got a movie coming out called mm-hmm. Silent Night. And this looks like it's produced by the guy who produced John Wick. Okay. And uh, it's kind of a revenge taken, pick your poison, John Wick, all these movies. It's it's the same thing, but it happens around Christmas. He of gets course. shot up and uh, there's like a ru- running, not a running, but like in the preview, it looks like there's like a big gunfight and there's some casualties. I think his son might get hurt in the process. And then um, he, uh, he decides that on the 24th, he's going to go like ice everybody that was involved. So... You know, the guy recovers in the hospital and then he, you know, becomes a super secret badass like they okay. all do, right? So it, it kind of looks interesting. John Woo is, is um, a legendary director, action movies. The Replacements was a really big one in the 90s. That was a, re- I remember a huge the movie. Replacements, and yeah. it had um, Chow Young Fat, right? He actually was in it. Okay. And, yeah, uh, I remember Chow Young Fat. And he made the, which just like Point Break is considered the greatest action movie of all time. So is Hard Boiled, which is an <laughs> old school movie and it's freaking crazy, man. Uh, and if it's a long movie and it's just complete John Woo action chaos and, uh, he's done a bunch of, a bunch of good stuff. So I'm kind of excited was, to just um, see what that would be just, about. Uh, fresh, fresh was, um, was face off John Woo? Mm. Was it? I don't know. I'm going to GTS because I'm not, I don't, I, I don't want to, I don't want to misspeak. I don't know I if think it's him that or not, could so. be a John Woo movie actually. Uh, I don't know, but it was um, somebody like that. Uh, anyways, uh, all right. Um, so, but but John Woo's coming out with another film. Yeah, all right, that's cool. Silent I, Night. I think we we need some of that, man. Like we need some of the just just old fashioned well, '90s ass kickery on you know, screen. And, and some people have made some things. They're like, what's gonna what's gonna replace superheroes? What's the new thing? Like it's think, sword and sandal movies. I think it's gonna it's be gonna video be, game movies. Well, that's what a lot of people say. But they also say the one off action movie is is probably coming, making a big comeback. But are they ever really one off action movies though? Because if they are. Then there's always going to be sequels. My internet's not working. That's all right. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Okay, so. Oh, sorry. Oh, that's my. Work. That's some sound effects there. Ignore that. Ignore there. that. Um, <laughs> so on top of that, I got another one. So there's an alien movie that's coming out next year, right? Aliens. All right, hit me. I love the Aliens franchise. Not everything, but it's a, uh, it's a great. I mean, Alien and Aliens are, are amazing films. Ah. Uh, Charles confirmed face off as indeed John Woo. Thank Heck you, yeah, Charles. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, thanks. Uh, Ridley Scott has apparently seen said new alien movie or at least pieces of it. Enough I don't to make, think, I don't think, hold on enough to think, make it a judgment because this is his life's work. Right? I don't think he cares. No, anymore. he said he liked it. James Cameron said, uh, you don't, okay. So that's a whole here's, different. Here's some, story. here's some rumor, right? I heard Ridley Scott hates aliens, which I don't, understand how that's even remotely possible because it's the greatest sequel possibly ever right <laughs> besides like terminator 2 or something mm-hmm. um and uh apparently he said it was good like the guy was in the room with him expecting him to be like you ruined my life's work i hate you right and uh, uh I, the director or whatever and um apparently he, he enjoys it so that's gonna be cool to see what happens it's more aliens i'm always about more aliens and okay. uh, that's cool. And it should be out next year at some point. Okay, well, careful what you wish for, because then you might get something like Alien versus Predator. Yeah, no, yeah we're not going to talk or about Or Alien versus Predator Requiem. Two. <laughs> Requiem, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, those. I, I, I did not enjoy those movies. I enjoyed the video games. The video game was great in the arcade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there was a Super Nintendo one, too. I'm digressing. But, um, yeah, yeah, it's coming out. Okay, We'll cool. watch it. All right. I'll watch it anyway. Right on. Yeah. 
Well, I got a, a little bit in the uh, realm of... Uh, <laughs> If you're a toy collector out there, like I, I, I we don't do talk about toys. Sometimes. We do talk about toys sometimes, and I don't, uh, I don't usually talk about toys because I don't collect toys. But I know there's a lot of you guys out there that that listen and you and you collect toys. But this one I thought was pretty you cool just turn because the this camera is, and there's like a ton of action figures yeah. all over the floor <laughs> like, and stuff. No, don't pay no attention to the toys behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, but uh, I thought this one was pretty cool because this is um this is like a marriage of. My two favorite toys as a kid growing up, and this is a new line. Mattel. I, I, and, I've already seen your screen, but I would I would yeah. have loved to have guessed that in yeah. the blind. <laughs> Mattel and Paramount have officially uh, had a marriage of uh, Masters of the Universe mm-hmm. and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for a crossover line of toys. They are calling Turtles of the Universe. You, and, you can't make this up. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Turtles of Grayskull. Turtles Sorry, of Grayskull. Turtle of, Turtles of Grayskull. And so the line is going to feature major players from both sides and a five-inch format. So this is going to be like... With the original the old, Turtles. Like, yeah. No, no, no. The original Masters of the Universe. Yeah, He-Man thing. size. Yeah, and yeah the, He-Man size. That the kind Turtles of were big, too. Three three and three quarters. Is, I, used to, uh, dude, I used to play with my on, He-Man dude. action figures and my Turtle yeah, action they, figures they together. Yeah, they could go. Like, they're all, the all jacked. Yeah, they can yeah. fight each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, like three and three quarters are like the uh, Star Wars and the, uh, the, the G.I. Joes, right? Yeah. And then you like the next size... The, fi- kind the five, of the five inch. inch, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you get like Barbie and old school GI Joe, the old school yeah, GI Joe, like, like the foot, foot long, long, yeah, the, the foot long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, ironically, <laughs> we we ate subs for dinner too. Yeah, we had yeah. foot longs yeah. for dinner. Um, but it's gonna, aside from getting Ninja Turtles and the Masters, the uh, universe body styles. There's also gonna be turtles and. So it's gonna be turtles with Arnold's body. Uh, turtles and yeah, pretty much in Eternian gear. So the turtles will be dressed up like as if they were in Eternia, Dude. and Skeletor wearing turtle armor, and He-Man. So with, he's like Shredder. Yeah, and He-Man with a mutagen mutation. Oh, far so, out. So uh, if you're a toy collector and you're interested in that, are they gonna have the battle uh, damage guy? I said our feet isn't feeding. All right, well, we'll just see if it... It'll come back. It'll come back. Uh, I don't know if they got the battle damage guy, but uh, the line is Here, set I to kick off... my, my Wi-Fi yeah. off or something. Yeah, the line is set to kick off in uh, January 2024, so we're only a couple months well, out That's actually that. kind of exciting. I'd like to see what, what happens there. Yeah, like, I'm not I'm not going out to buy any toys, but... Uh, what if you get into it? You collect them all. Uh, I, I Well, I'm not going to play with them anymore, no, I though. Well, not like I used there's to There's toy channels kid, out there, too, you know? on YouTube. They'll, they'll, I'm sure they'll review everything and check it out. That's funny, man. You got a, you got some video game news for us? No, or? I don't oh, okay. tonight. Um, there there's a, uh, I mean, no. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. All right. <laughs> All right. No worries. I got some more stuff to talk about. Yeah. So. Send it. So, okay. So this is uh, not so much in the realm of news. Um, hmm. Interesting. Charles is uh, telling me he's banned from TikTok for some reason. Okay. Well, we will uh, we'll figure Ooh. we'll figure that out here in just a minute, Charles. If we have to pause the show here in a minute to get That's you fine. on, it will we'll we'll pause the show and figure it out, man. Don't worry about it. Um, what was I saying? Uh, bu- 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 okay, so uh, so this isn't really so much in the realm of news, but uh, I, I just I thought this was really interesting and it kind of connects to something we were talking about last week. Okay. So last week um, when I was talking about news, I was talking about the. Um, the Fraser reboot. Fraser reboot's uh, coming yeah, down the pipeline. Cool. And then, I've heard it's good. Yeah. Uh, it, really? Yeah. Okay. So I, mean, I, I haven't mean, that's seen That's why people like talking about it on yeah. online. But um, but uh, so and then you dropped some knowledge on me, and you were like, "Hey, yeah, I, yeah. you know, Cheers and Fraser and Wings 
takes place in the same universe. And I said, oh, shit, I didn't know well, that Wings... considering I've been to Cheers, I think it takes place in our universe. Well, you know what I mean. Like, Nan- it's Nantucket a shared... is also so, a like, real you know, place. You know what I mean. No, like, no, it, all, I, it all exists in the same world. I'm, I'm you know, being, and it, that fictional realm, like, it all exists together, right? Yeah. All right. So um, I, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And I Googled it. And then I ended up going down this crazy, like, rabbit hole, fig- trying to... Uh-oh. What, what just happened? happened? All right. We got kicked off our live, man. Hold on one second. Let's pause this. All right, we're back on. We had uh, some technical issues there with TikTok Live. We had to yeah, pause it and then step away and then come back and fix it. So uh, as I was saying before TikTok interrupted me. Um, I think the, the Cheers, internet interrupted you. Yeah, it might have been, but whatever it was. Um, so the Cheers universe, you said that Wings takes place yes. in uh, in the Cheers universe. And yes. I was like, and Frasier, obviously. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. And I, I started to do a deep dive on this. But here's the funny thing about this sh- this shared universe of the Cheers universe. Okay. Way bigger than you realized. So check it out. The Cheers universe encompasses Cheers, Wings, Frasier, a show called The Tortellis, which I'm not familiar the with. The Tortellis. You know The Tortellis? So isn't that uh, I don't Danny know. DeVito and his wife? Are Is they it? The Tortellis? I, I have no idea. Carla? I have no idea. I've never heard of the show before. Maybe. maybe I could be right. wrong. There. Could be wrong. <laughs> the John Larroquette Show. John Larroquette Show. Seinfeld. Seinfeld? Mad About You. What? Friends, Joey, Style and Substance, Caroline in the City. Joey's from Friends. Joey is a spinoff of Friends. So okay. Yeah. So obviously it takes place in the same universe okay. as Friends. Um, Style and uh, Style and Substance, Caroline in the City, The Single Guy, and Madman of the People. These are wow. all sitcoms that take place within this universe. I'm blown now, away. I, now, I thought I was smart because I knew the three now, shows. Well, here's a here's a funny thing. So oh, um, before, and this is kind of the funny thing before. Um, Friends aired, and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to connect a couple of these dots for you. Like, yeah, if I were to connect do. all the dots, like, it would take way too long. It'd be Bef- like uh, Pepe Silva. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. He's yeah. Pepe. <laughs> There's no Carol in HR, Mac. Um, so um, there was a character played by, I think it's Lisa Kudrow who played Phoebe, right? Um, Phoebe, Phoebe Wallace. No, 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 uh, no, Phoebe from Friends. Yeah, Phoebe. All right, yeah, and she okay. had a twin sister. Yeah, she she had a twin sister named Ursula, Ursula who yeah. appeared on Mad About You. Now, of course, this was before Friends aired, and the character Phoebe didn't even exist yet. Wow! But she appeared as this character Ursula on Mad About You before Friends even aired. But then, when Friends aired, right. they kind of wrote it in as like a footnote that Phoebe has a twin sister named Ursula. She was on the show. Yeah. Well, no, well, no, no, she wasn't on the show, but Helen Hunt, who played Jamie on Mad About You, okay. makes an appearance on Friends what? at Central Park and mistakes Phoebe for her twin sister Ursula. Go. So they tied it. Oh, wow. They tied it back in. Okay. And so, and then we can, we can connect the dots more here. Uh, uh, in an episode of Mad About You, Kramer has a cameo as the new owner of Paul's apartment. You're kidding me. Nope, that that exists. Kramer is in an episode of Mad About You as the owner of the apartment. Well, they're apartment. all New York. That yeah, yeah, that's right. yeah, they're, they're all in okay. New York, yeah. And then um, and Caroline in the City, which I, I've never seen, but it crossed over with both Frasier and Friends tying the universes together. Okay. Frasier made an appearance as himself in a show called Girlfriends that connects that universe to this one, so okay. and, and also Cheers, by the way, crossed Cheers. over with Saint Elsewhere, Saint Saint Elsewhere rather, okay. tying it in with the Cheers universe. So this is uh, so this is like the Cheers universe 
way bigger. So you imagine the Cheers verse. Imagine like Fraser it. Crane exists in the same universe that George Costanza exists in. I feel like George Costanza could use a little Fraser <laughs> Crane in his life, <laughs> oh, or, or you know, even better, like Joey Joey Tribbiani exists hey, in. Yeah, how you he, do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exists in the same universe as Jerry Seinfeld. That's hilarious. It's kind of funny. Can right? you imagine all those characters like on a oh, set together? Gosh. It would be. <laughs> I don't know who would write that script, but it's pretty good. All right. Well, I got I got more, and this is a uh, this is like pro- I mean honestly, if I if I did all of them, we we I could do an entire show on this, but this is wild. So let's talk about the ABC sitcom. Universe. Oh, there's more. Oh yeah, so this was like the NBC shows, right? So this is ABC. So, um, so we all loved Steve Urkel growing up. Right? I love Steve. Urkel. We love Steve Urkel. Is and it Steve Urkel in a Die Hard movie? It would yeah. Be great. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. But Family Matters, uh, as we know, you probably know, was a spinoff of Perfect Strangers, right? Ah, I don't know. Okay, if I knew so that. You like you're talking about Balky and Balky stuff? and yeah. cousin Larry. Yeah. So um, Harriet Winslow w- was a character on that show. You know that, right? Okay. She was the elevator operator at the building in Chicago where they worked. Oh, far. So out. she would like she would just come on. She'd have a couple lines, and that would be it. But then Family Matters took her character mm-hmm. and spun it off into her home life. So she was actually the first character from uh, from that show. From that, yeah, from Family Matters. Um, but then. As we know, Steve Urkel like completely took over the show, okay. and uh, he went on to have uh, guest appearances on Full House, Boy Meets World, and Step by Step. He was on Step by Step. He That's was crazy. On, he brings it back to yeah. Susan Summers. He brings yeah. back to Suzanne Summers. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. So uh, from there, if you go into like the TGIF, remember Hanging with Mister Cooper? Uh, I remember the title. I couldn't tell you what that show was about. I uh, remember the one with um, Doug or whatever. Doug. Dougie Fresh was on it. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was, that was, uh, I, I know that was I, on TGIF. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Dougie Doug. Dougie Doug. Sorry. Dougie Fresh. Um, um, anyways, so there was a show called Hanging with Mr. Cooper with a comedian named Mark Curry, and he had crossovers on the show with both, um, Jason Seaver from Growing Pains. Oh, man. <laughs> and to bring it back in, with Jesse and Michelle from Full House made an appearance on Hanging with well, Mr. Cooper. That's crazy because Kirk Cameron, Candace Cameron are in the same universe then. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Dude, that's wild, dude. Dick York. Dick, Dick Sergeant. Sergeant, Sergeant, Sergeant York. York. Did they think we wouldn't notice? All right, but hold on. <laughs> As if. This gets bigger. Oh, <laughs> it gets bigger. This is fun. I know. I like, I had, I, dude, I told you I went down the rabbit hole with this stuff. All right, so. Sabrina, <laughs> the teenage witch, right? <laughs> okay. Okay. Crossed over with Boy Meets World. I think I knew that. And then, um, and I believe Boy Meets World uh, had crossed over with Family Matters, or was uh, I think yeah with uh, Family yeah. Matters. So um, and also Clueless, the TV series. Okay, because there was a series, mm-hmm. yeah, and even. Happy Days. There was a character from Happy Days. Is this like Archie ties everything um, together? Oh, well, no. Well, she no. Actually, yeah, she actually does connect to Archie. So if, I didn't even write that down, but she definitely connects to Archie. Wow. So, so she. Uh, she so this is, is in the MCU. This then. is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you would probably connect it to the MCU if we tried hard like, enough. This is like Kevin Bacon. So. Yeah. If Sabrina ties in with Happy Days, okay, then that opens the door to all of the sitcoms from the Happy Days universe, which is Laverne wow. and Shirley, Blansky's Beauties, Mork and Mindy, Out of the Blue, and Joni Loves Chachi. Wow. <laughs> so they're all in the so, same So Mork and Mindy, place. if you follow the crossovers, okay. existed with Steve Urkel and, and Cousin Larry and Balky. <laughs> 
that actually makes more sense that Mork and Mindy would be with Steve with Balky and them. Just because <laughs> I mean, the shows have similar formats too. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Wow. All right. So, oh, also though, and if you really, really wanted to dig into it, Sabrina the Teenage Witch crossed over with several. I didn't like mention them all, but okay. several of the Disney Channel children's sitcoms. Oh wow! So yeah, so I mean, you like, could tie you could tie those. What's the, in there. what's the big one? The Mickey Mouse Club was she ever tied? Uh, I don't think uh, Melissa Joan Hart was ever on the Mickey Mouse Club. But if they were, although we have a then friend, it goes back to Frankie. We have Annette. a friend who swears that he that he hooked up with her, but we'll talk about that another time. Uh, that is a story I've never heard. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, he swears up and down that he did. I swear that he's probably a liar. <laughs> yeah, probably. Any story coming from a guy friend about a girl is usually a lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so. Um, so that's, I mean, I, we, we, I mean, we could, we could connect the dots on all that day, okay. on that all day, but I got a couple more <laughs> here before Veronica we... Vaughn. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, this okay, is great. That's right. All right. So you remember, it was really, like, even though it was a little bit before our time, all in the family, that right? That was a lot of it before my time. That was a lot. I mean, that was, it was before our time, but we remember Archie Bunker all in the family, so right? There were spinoffs of that show. So the Jeffersons right? is probably like the biggest right, one. Right, Moving on up. Yep. So uh, the Jeffersons. I love George Jefferson. Jeffersons, um, the, the actor, I can't remember the actor who played George Jefferson. Can't remember off the top of my head, but he was on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air as that character yeah yeah so uh so that ties in fresh prince of bel-air to okay. all in the family but fresh prince had some tie-overs didn't it or tie-ins uh that not that i can wasn't know. urkel on the fresh prince at one point i don't think so no no because they were different networks is that just something i wish for yeah it's probably just something you wish for but apparently and i didn't you know connect. what the actor may have been on there and not mm-hmm. playing urkel like an urkel like yeah he might have played an like urkel like character for copyright yeah. reasons or whatever right. but uh apparently and and like and i haven't seen all of these and I, I didn't like as thoroughly connect the dots as these, okay. but apparently all great. of these connects to Tyler Perry's Medea film series. Oh, really? Uh, yep. Uh, Tyler Perry's House of Pain. <laughs> the House of Pain. Love Thy Neighbor. The Pains. Meet the Browns. Maud. Good Times. <laughs> Mister <laughs> Dugan. Times. Hanging in Archie Bunker's place. Seven hundred four Hauser. Checking in. Gloria Blossom. What? Uh, out. All night in the house, different strokes. I like different strokes. The facts of life, facts of life, silver spoons, and hello, Larry. Uh, we just, we just. I don't even know what channel just the ten of us and all this stuff have on. You know, coach is so, coach in here somewhere. Uh, like, I wish. Yeah, this so, is awesome. I know. So if you, um, so if, if you think about it, like apparently, basically, if n- you're watching the facts, of, called, yeah. the facts of life. Right. Happened in the same universe that the Fresh Prince of Bel Air happened. That's wild, man. <laughs> that is so wild. Yeah, two two seven. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Charles uh, Comic Man's already like joining us. Oh, on the that feed, could be. Um, that could be like you, like Earth two two seven. Oh, Earth yeah. two. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the multiverse, like, this right. is awesome. I, I I could honestly, I like, we, I could do an entire show on these, but I I got my last one, and then I'll let you get to your review. No, I love this. This, <laughs> this is, is great. freaking great, so, man. This one's not as big, but it's kind of funny. So, uh, the Simpsons. That's huge. The, I mean, yeah, the Simpsons. It's still the, going the, to. The, the, Simpsons on the TV right now. That's funny. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, yeah, uh, the Simpsons takes place in the same universe. Oh, uh, he's a two two seven was a spinoff from Jeffersons. Thank you, oh, comic okay. man. Wealth of information, man. Appreciate it. All right, so the Simpsons uh, takes place in the same universe as Futurama. We know that, right? Okay. Um, but the Simpsons crossed over in the nineties with the Critic. It yes. stinks. That guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah who stinks. we use for our Bruise News and Reviews. Um, and and 
some other notable like non-canon crossovers. So these characters were kind of just but in the there. Simpsons are from the Tracy Ullman show. What network yeah. was that on? Uh, that was on Fox. So okay. So are they in the Foxverse? Uh, yeah, we called the Foxverse. So are they with Deadpool? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which ties everything back you're derailing me man. sorry, sorry. that's okay um, getting excited they're just uh, kind of funny though there were some crossovers like with uh things in the simpsons but these are kind of like these are kind of like non-canon crossovers like they're okay. put in as gags so for example Mulder and scully yes the sopranos yes jack bauer from 24 and really? and Hank Hill from King of the Hill. Well, well and Hank again, Hill, that was, that's Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, my right? judge. But yeah. that was they, they were just kind of gags. However, but those are great though. Yeah, those are. I mean, those are great. Uh, however, The Simpsons did do an entire episode crossover with Family Guy, which Ooh. means uh, that opens the door to Family Guy, The Cleveland Show. I like The Cleveland Show and American Dad. Wow. So all so apparently it makes sense. there's aliens in the Simpsons, there's aliens in American Dad. There's aliens in Futurama. Roger, Futurama, they're in the future. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. So uh so that was just kind of like a fun rabbit or, hole that I went down. <laughs> Peggy Bundy voices the lady from Futurama. Yeah, now you know that's a, that's a voice. <laughs> Marcy Darcy? <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. Yeah. No, I'm kidding, but uh not to be confused with Steven Seagal, Katie Yeah, Seagal. of course. Katie Siegel or say Katie, Katie Seagal? I think it's Katie Siegel. Okay. Not not to be They're confused not with the same. Not so. to be confused with Steven Seagal, which you're going to talk about right now Segway you much. went you went back. You went like for a review this week, you went way 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 back in time for an Uber Retro review. I don't think it's Uber Retro review, but but it's, it is I'm, Halloween adjacent. So, okay. Go ahead and uh yeah, let's, I want to hear your uh, you you sat down and watched an old uh, an old classic, man. Yeah. Um, right, I'm gonna go ahead while you're giving while you're doing this. I'm gonna go ahead and get Charles on the line so he can be ready for okay, us. Okay, top you, that off. Top too, that off. What are, you dr- <laughs> what are you drinking there, bud? That's uh, just the last of that vodka rub. Got stuff. it. All right. Anyway, shouldn't be talking about that on the show. Uh, it's Tito's. It's handmade. All right. So this was what I did this week, man. I went back to a classic action movie just because I didn't know what to review, so I wanted to review something that I've watched a lot, and uh, I'm going to talk about a classic, Under Siege. Released October 9th in 1992. So this movie is, what, 31 years old now? Isn't that ridiculous to say that? Like, yeah. So I was 11 when this came out. This movie is uh, it's an action movie starring Steven Seagal. And it's probably the best Steven Seagal movie that he has in his entire lineup of mostly B-budget silly movies. Uh, there was Marked for Death. There was Hard to Kill. Those two were pretty cool. But pretty much outside of that, they were all... Uh, bombs, you know, like they didn't do well. This was made on a budget of $35 million and it grossed about 156.6 repeating, of course, uh, in the theater when it came out, this was a huge movie. Okay. Uh, at the time. And, and this is when, you know, you got terminators and, and predators and stuff. This is like the same VHS tapes that you would watch in the same weekend. Right. Um, so like I said, I've seen this a couple dozen times. It's got a great cast in it. Um, I'm going to be a little bit specked out on this one. So <laughs> Steven Seagal stars as Casey Ryback. Uh, just a little character background. Casey Ryback is a cook in the Navy. It's which bringing is back an, so many an memories. MS now. They used to be CS, culinary specialist. But uh, he was a Navy SEAL that, like, punched his commander out after <laughs> Panama went bad. And you being in the Navy will tell and, us that uh, don't fly, right? Yeah, this doesn't really happen, like... <laughs> 
Uh, and then he lost his clearance, so he can only be a yeoman or a cook. Which, whatever. It, it's this is it's it's, it's in order. It's basically it's, to make him a cook and also a badass. This right? movie yeah. is not grounded in reality. <laughs> um, Gary Busey plays the uh, executive officer, Commander Krill. Which Krill, like, come on, like shrimp Krill. Yeah. You know, like that's great. Uh, and uh, rounding out some of the main characters, we got Tommy Lee Jones as William Stranax, who's a former CIA operative, super crazy awesome tough guy but also completely insane and he's trying to destroy the world um erica alanic i don't know how to say her name i, I apologize for that uh laniac laniac yeah stars as jordan tate who's missed july 1989 oh, she, was, uh, she was a hottie back in the day man check this out elena uh, erica alanic laniac mm-hmm. actually was missed july 1989 was she really yes that's funny i found this out so it's our second playboy reference for the uh, that for is the our show. second playboy reference uh, Patrick O'Neill plays the Captain Adams, who's the captain of the ship. And it's like, but Patrick O'Neill is kind of a weird part for him, small bit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Calm, Calm uh, Meany from Star Trek. Oh, yeah. Plays mm-hmm. uh, Dahmer. Uh, he, who was he in Star Trek? He was like an engineering guy. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. He was uh, yeah. O'Brien, Chief O'Brien. Irish, yeah, Chief O'Brien. Yeah, yeah. So uh, another Navy thing, right? Um, and of course, you have the mandia, man, mandatory cameo from Dale Dye, who does a lot of military advisory. We've talked about him a little bit. He did Platoon, Saving Private Ryan. Um, he's the guy who runs like the boot camps for actors when they get in, in, in you know, in the military type roles and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah. He actually, I, th- I think he served in, in Vietnam nice. as well. Um, uh, let's see. What is this? Oh, you have Andy Romano, uh, who plays Admiral Bates. He passed away last year. Um, mm-hmm. and, and a whole bunch of other people that you'll recognize from stuff. Mm-hmm. Not huge actors, but it was, it was the, like, I'm not really going to talk a lot about Steven Seagal in this review. Like, <laughs> surprisingly, like, like that, I mean, come on. So the setting here is this is an action movie that takes place on the USS Missouri that's on its way to be de- decommissioned post um, firing the first shots of Desert Storm, right? Right. Uh, and actually, there's a, uh, a scene in it where we're President... But big Bush, um, Bush senior. Yeah. Bush senior. Actually, they talk about the decommissioning stuff of, of the ship mm-hmm. and they're all on the deck and everything like that. So this is like what takes place when they're going back to Hawaii or whatever to retrofit and the ship's still around. It's floating somewhere in a, uh, uh museum or, or yeah. something. And there's a couple of them. This was actually filmed on a different ship. Um, okay. Which I believe, Oh, I can't remember the name of the ship, but they filmed it on another mothballed ship as well as the submarine scenes. We're, okay. we're, we're on another like uh, floating museum type thing. Right. Anyway, so normal Navy shenanigans, you see the guys there, they work in the, in the galley, right? So they're cooking, they're getting ready for the, also the skipper's birthday is happening when they're on this little transit. And, uh, the commander Krill, the XO decides he's going to fly in entertainment, mm-hmm. entertainment being Miss July, Miss 19, July 89, 89. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. as well as a band and catering food. And it's going to be like an it's awesome It's going to be party. a big party. I, it's yeah. starting to come back to me now. And, uh, the <laughs> cat, the captain actually calls him out on it. He's like, yo dude, spoilers, by the way, this movie's this is not 31 realistic, years old. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's like, how are you going to land a, 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 basically how are you going to land a helicopter, which is like a CH 47 or, or, you know, a big Chinook It's a big helicopter right? right on, on the boat without the cathode knowing, right. He's going to hear it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, so he's like, oh, the Admiral wants to throw you a party. It's a pretty good excuse actually. <laughs> like that, he's like, well, the Admiral yeah. wants a party. We're going to have a party. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, and it's crazy, man. And it, and like, when I say the shenanigans, there's like, they're striking an officer, like in the beginning <laughs> of the movie, like he punches, uh, oh, what was that like, guy played? He played Ensign. Taylor or something. Don't right? kick your ass out of the military for that. Yeah, man. you're not allowed to punch each other anymore. No, like that's not. like a thing. Sorry. They used to have boxing. Like I was really big, but this is not boxing, right? This is like a dude punching people, right? And uh, I think he punched Krill, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, they all hate each other, and it's you know officer enlisted fights and all this, all this silly stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But the uh, the band, it turns out, is actually Tommy Lee Jones's William Stranex. Excuse me. Uh, 
that's you know the, the pissed off former CIA guy, and they have nuclear weapons on the on the thing, whatever, right? It's, <laughs> of course it's they do. Very of course they do, movie, right? Um, and they've they've already disarmed a lot of the like all their five inches. They're out of armor piercing rounds and all this stuff, right? Like a battleship's a huge thing. Um, anyway, secret operatives take over the boat. Uh, they throw a party. Gary Busey's like cross dressing. Like, I mean, some, some old Navy tropes that it's a, they actually outlawed that at one point. Cause that used to be part of a thing. Um, I can either confirm or deny, but, uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, people used to have fun at sea, right? Um, it just like being silly, nothing bad. Right. And, um, he's going to attempt to steal the armament from the ship that's left and sell it on the black market by offloading it to a submarine. It's kind of the, the main plot. Mm-hmm. I have to say, like a film quality on this is it holds up pretty well. Really, it's yeah, still, I it mean, really it's probably does. just just it just an old kiss ac- or kiss a kick assery film, kick right? Ass action Not, movies, yeah. All right, and there's things that we love about these types of movies that that they just don't do. They anymore. just don't do those anymore, man. Uh, so, like I said, the the video is high end. I mean, thirty five million dollars. You give me thirty five million dollars, I'll make a movie, right? Especially with iPhones and stuff now, right? Yeah. Um. Anyway, so the setting's great because it's confined. It's scary. Uh, you know, it, it it gives some unique set pieces and stuff. And uh, I think that's really cool. Um, on top of that, uh, for a Steven Seagal movie, it's definitely the highest end one. Uh, the sound's great. Like, lots of MP5s, some Uzis. Like, oh, it's yeah. all submachine guns and, and you know, bread and nine. He's got a yeah. 1911 at some point where he's, like, actioning it up. Uh, the sound's really good. Like, they, they, they flood the forecastle with the crew in it at some point. And, like, you know, the water's like, whoosh. So, it actually got nominated for, like, a sound editing. Really? Uh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it lost to... Um, <laughs> I think it was like last the Mohicans and something else came that out. That was also like, a great yeah, movie yeah, though. Like, that was, that was an epic. There's some was big movies film. in 92, right? Yeah. It was, I forget what the other one was, but it was like, Oh yeah, you're not going to win. Gets, yeah. Against last a legit yeah. movie like last the yeah. Mohicans. Yeah. But uh, so the sound fights are cool. Cause the confined spaces make everything boomier and baser, kind of like my mm-hmm. SM7B microphone that I'm talking into. <laughs> um, and uh, it's, it's pretty, um, pretty good like the music that they use is like typical like 90s action movie stuff <laughs> with a cameo <laughs> believe it or not of a Jimi hendrix song voodoo child's oh, in there you okay. gotta put some rock and roll in for good measure the, the, not, not the right chord uh <laughs> but uh the band actually plays a song too while they're they're they're, they're doing the takedown of the ship and stuff like that uh which is kind of cool um so i mean that's like just the 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 music stuff also they used uh just a uh voodoo child thing um they use that in black hawk dawn as well so it's been used in 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 several military type movies and i don't know if this is really a military type movie but whatever it kind of counts because navy ships the backdrop and everybody's in uniforms and stuff Mm -hmm. but anyway they use voodoo child the uh the because that physically actually took place in 1993 right and um they used the stevie ray vaughn version which was cool so, uh, anyway, that's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, that's cool. Special effects are really cool. There's some really cool scenes that are like set up in here. Like one that I can remember just seeing like a, a visual effect that's practical that I really, really thought was good was, um, they shoot a helicopter with some bazookas at one point and you can see through the tube. I'm just calling them bazookas. I don't know exactly what they were. Right. Wasn't really paying attention. Um, and you can see through the tube, like where the rocket sat and stuff. I just thought mm-hmm. like some of the stuff is really cool. Cause you can see the rifling in it and like, like, that's not really an effect. I mean, the explosions and stuff are all effects, but right. it's pretty neat. I mean, he also like, uh, what is it? You know, puts a mine on, on a, on a submarine when they're trying to, you know, bust up the bow plane so they have to fix it. There's all kinds of crazy stuff that happens in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. so they're good. There's some classic parts, you know, with the, with the effects and stuff. But the most important part is why we love this movie. It's a completely, 
guilty pleasure. Um, somebody just mentioned that it was called Die Hard at Sea, which I disagree with. <laughs> but you got to think you're in a confined space. Like I said, unique set uh, pieces. And I'm agreeing with somebody else's review of that um, right. because it's just like you're in the kitchen. You know, he gets locked in the uh, in the in the refrigerator uh, at one point. Um, you know, they're they're welding all the stuff got- up and doing um, like craziness there. Um, and while they're, while they're welding all this stuff up to offload all these weapons, it doesn't make sense, but it does. Cause there's no cranes like you'd have in a port to right, like, right. like officially unload this thing. I don't know how you unload these things. Right. But it, it you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a, an engineering endeavor, right. For the bad guys. Um, but there's a ton of wild stuff going on in this movie. I already mentioned Gary Busey cross and you got strippers jumping out of caves. You got mutiny, you got politics. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, that's, I mean, that's perfect, right? Yeah. Like, like what else do you want? And like a freaking nineties action movie, dude, that's awesome. All heck breaks loose. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, it comes to like a ragtag group of guys that are like hidden in the ship and they all just start, um, you know, saving the day. Right. Uh, the, the, they lock the crew in part of the boat. Um, they shoot down an F-18 with like a, you know, he said a phalanx, right? Or a Sea Whiz or something like that. Yeah. They they actually go on and shoot a 16-inch gun, like one of the big guns, you know? Like mm-hmm. that's their excuse is like, oh, we have no armor-piercing rounds for our actual gun. Right. We're going to use the old school World War II guns. And, of course, there's one gunner's mate from like an older guy that's just riding, doing a Tiger cruise or whatever on the, on the boat. So he gets to like ride as like a... Just to check it out, I guess. Yeah. And uh, they actually shoot the big gun. And, of course, uh, you know, Chief Ryback in his uh, surface warfare <laughs> qualification that he's not wearing on his uniform just remembers how to do this. Of and course. He's like, oh, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, Ram yeah. the shell. Ram the powder. Like, do all this crazy <laughs> stuff. And, and he's, you know, he's on the gunner. I mean, there's, like, entire jobs for that, right? There's, like, mm-hmm. 100 people in one of those guns. Yeah. Like, in real life. And they did it with, like, five people. I don't know if that's possible or not, but it's cool, right? Um, and then, of course, Strand X. They never explain this. Right. This, my last thing is... The climactic scene where him and Tommy Lee Jones finally fight, which is one of the most epic knife fights in a in a movie, it makes like no sense. It's just crazy. Really? It was nice, like, like I know. I thought the Expendables two knife fight was pretty that's, badass. That's, but this one's saying. this one's just nuts. Though. Okay, like, and uh, well, you have to watch it, dude. It's it's crazy. But um, he walks in right and. You know, and, and Tommy Lee Jones plays like an insane character. So is Gary Busey, ironically, right? Gary Busey, an insane person. Nah, um, get the hell out of here, man! And, and it makes the thing even better, right? Uh, chaotic. Uh, <laughs> but they they he walks into like I don't know if it's it's Sess or Tactical or where where the heck they're at in the ship CIC or something like that. Mm-hmm. He's like uh, he's like, dude. He's like. I know you. And he's like, I think you do. They never address how the heck these guys would ever know each other. <laughs> Why? Doesn't matter. Not well, important. Like, I know you read his file and his name was there the entire time. Wouldn't you remember if you knew that guy? But <laughs> either way, it makes no sense. But super funny, funny things. It's a great, just, just a raw like afternoon, eat a hamburger, watch a movie. Right? I, I vaguely remember. I should go back and watch it again, It's man. cool, we man. Should, and I, I'm not doing I mean, have, have, I, I wish you had just so we could talk about more of the funny have stuff. A beer, have a beer with your buddy and sit down and watch the 1992 yeah. classic yeah. Under Siege so with So many Steven good Seagal. jokes and stuff in there. It's it's awesome, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah. Cool, man. That, that was, was a nice fun. retro review, man. I it, appreciate you It was you kind of fun that. to go back and look at that. And, that was cool. Yeah. MP5s everywhere. It's so 80s and 90s, <laughs> like, even though it's a 92, but yeah. All right. Well, sweet, man. That was an awesome review. I I, I, I enjoyed that, man. Thanks for Not sitting. Not as exciting sitting as like my Oppenheimer one. Like I really got Oh my into God. That, but, you, got, yeah. you got into yeah. Oppenheimer. All right. Let's Let's see, uh, Napoleon's going to be a good one. That's it for Brews News and Reviews today, but we're going to go ahead and uh, leave the realm of uh, film and television and video games to the world of comic books with Comic Man. Comic Man from the 
lots and more. He's got more books than a comic store. From X-Men to Fantastic Four, all the sagas he's explored. It's time to check in with Comic Man. And we are checking in with Comic Man. Charles Bass Rap. Charles, I, I'm praying that you're here. Are you here with us? I am here. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right, we... TikTok was being a little uncooperative with us. With the, drunk bitch all I'm night, telling you, man. <laughs> I don't know what's what's going on, but we got you here now. And, it happens. Yeah, and we're here. So for those of you guys who, if if you don't know, and you're uh, you're joining us here for the first time, Comic Man is uh, our resident comic book expert. And when we say he's got more books than a comic store, we ain't joking. Like the dude really, really does have more books than a comic store. So how's your week been, buddy? <laughs> It's good, and that count is actually 26,162 as of this Wednesday. But so. who's counting? But who's counting? I'll clap to that. They're, you know, they're, they're all on a spreadsheet because when I, when I moved to this house, we, you know, we were trying to get insurance coverage. They were like, hey, we'll, give you, um, we'll give you the cover value if they're lost. I'm like, look, if I have a, an issue that's worth $100, they're not giving me 20 cents for it. So, you know, we're going to work this out. So yeah. Everything. So every year I have to give them an updated spreadsheet that has all my stuff, like what the current value street <laughs> oh, values wow. are so that they can adjust our insurance. That's crazy. So, uh, I'll go down. I talk to Charles a lot offline about, uh, you know, just about world stuff and things like that. But I always said the joke that like one of these days when he dies, like I, I said, he, I was like, you know, you should just have you a should library. Just, well, no, no, you should just be cremated and have your ashes sprinkled in your comic books. Aww. And then, you know, like one of your great grandkids one day just like open up a comic book and be like, oh, my God, there's ashes in this. Like, yeah, that's your great granddad. Leave him alone. He's enjoying his comics. Oh, man. <laughs> my I'll be in the, in the X-Men stuff. <laughs> Is that your favorite series? Well, that's that's what really got me like kicked into it because like I have every issue of X Men like in history, you know, from cool. sixty three to this past you know life to like last week. So like that, I remember Uncanny two ten from a bodega in the in, in the Bronx. My dad was getting cigars and the damn New York Daily News on a Saturday night because mm -hmm. that was the uh, you get the Sunday paper on Saturday nights in Daily News and they had oh. the, uh, the the full color comic section mm -hmm. that had like all like you no know, like you no know, the, the Far Side and all those you know like oh yeah classic. Hops. You know, Hagar the Horrible, all those things back in the day. And like I I saw the issue and I was like, Can I get this? And he was like, Yeah, sure, throw it on there. And that was that was like the gateway drug and like, you know, still have Awesome. <laughs> so you know, the first one's free, the rest of them cost me. <laughs> well, <laughs> That's how it goes. <laughs> Well, Charles makes his uh, he makes his wake his weekly trip to the comic store, and he's always uh, he, he he always picks he picks up. I'm sure they uh, they know him by name. You you probably uh, oh, yeah. have stock in the store at this point, so uh, they're like, oh shit, Charles is here. We're about to make our weekly quota. So uh, tell our us, man, quota. what's good on the shelves this week? What's new? Well, before I even get into the shelves, I was going to say two two seven. I was talking about before. It's yeah, yeah. An official spinoff of Jefferson's. It was it was meant to be a spinoff um, right. with Marla Gibbs, the uh, the one that played the maid on Jefferson's, oh. the really sassy one. And, and then she was. It was gonna it was gonna be pitched maybe by another network, and then the Jeffersons was still on, so they were kind of like you no know, going back and forth because it's based on a play two two seven. Okay, and, um, she's pretty much played the same type of character, but then the uh, Jeffersons got canceled. And mm -hmm. then two two seven went on to another network, and she played a different, you know, different character completely. So it's kind of an unofficial one. It's okay. But, um, it's 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 a, maybe a non canonical kind of yeah, spinoff. 
It was it was gonna be. It's, it's a branch timeline. It's it's a branch. <laughs> timeline. <laughs> oh, brutal. Well, the TVA needs to prune that timeline. Apparently, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to. Uh, yeah, I don't want to spoil Loki for everybody. <laughs> but the uh, but like the Phoebe thing on Friends, like um, yeah, she played her twin Ursula a couple of times on Friends, and she was in a um, a porno called Buffet the Vampire Lair. <laughs> you that know that. <laughs> Well, because Joey thought that it was um, that it was Phoebe, and he couldn't watch it, and he was ashamed of all of them watching it, and then they realized that it wasn't. Because like Phoebe walks into the room, and she's like, "Oh my God, what am I doing?" When she sees the tattoo, what am I? Yeah, that's how and, she um, talks she's like, too. See that? She's like, "See that tattoo? That's Ursula." And Joey's like, "I can watch this. I can watch this." <laughs> <laughs> but they did like a whole crossover, like every well, all it was the um, funny, but yeah, it's just because be- NBC. All of those NBC Wait a like at nighttime was Thursday night lineup, whatever it was. There was a there was a blackout in New York, and all of the shows reflected the blackout happening. Oh, the MCU before the MCU. Well, you know, it was very much. It was a very much a fun little like you know one night of just everybody you know because it all took place in New York, so there was a New York blackout. All of the shows took place in that night, and kind of cross paths a little bit to show that it was this shared universe. Cool. I mean, that's that's anytime they they combine like modern stuff. And I mean, art right is a reflection of reality, or vice versa. Or reality is a reflection of art sometimes. That's but fun. you you talk about like the decommissioning of that battleship was a relevant thing that was happening like when that movie was coming out. Like all that stuff was going yeah. away. So it was kind of neat because you're like, oh, this is kind of real. You know, alternate timeline of reality, obviously. But <clears throat> it's it's interesting when they do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, like, I, I I read like big people books too. I actually just you know I my thoughts online. I just. I just read my 52nd book of the year the other day. I thought once you hit 50, you were going to start reading comics. I was going to, but then um, I found another couple of books. And because the 50th book was was, uh, Clear and Present Danger by Tom Clancy. Yeah. That's very much about like, it's about, but not about Pablo Escobar. So I had, that's the one where they went down. That's the one where the the movie they made was, uh, sorry. I didn't mean to yeah, it's, uh, what's his face? Uh, William Defoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's Will, the one where they go yeah, in at the right. end and they 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 do some like you know operation stuff. Yeah, it, it's it's good, but like because I was reading that, I had to read Killing Pablo by Mark Bowden, the one who wrote Black Hawk Down. It's just a history of like you know, I have read that book. Against, you know, Pablo Escobar. So like, no, so that you know, so that spiraled, and I saw a preview for this movie called um, Leave the World Behind or something like that. That's going to be coming to Netflix in a couple hmm. of weeks with uh, Julia Roberts, mm-hmm. Kevin Bacon, uh, Ethan Hawke, uh, Marshala Ali. Really good cast. Okay. And I decided to read the book that it's based on just to see what it was about. The preview looked pretty baller. Wow. So I was like, yeah, it's a pretty decent book. It's not, it's not the greatest, but it's, it's actually a pretty good little, like, you no know, post apocalyptic, you know, like you don't really find out what's going on. That's kind of the appeal of it. Sounds interesting. But, uh, but yeah, you know, going back to the comic books, you know, you're talking about Kate Bishop in the, in the Hawkeye series. I'm obsessed with Kate Bishop. I have Funko Pop Kate Bishop, uh, <laughs> you know, action figure Kate Bishop. Like, I, you know, it, it, everyone in the family knows that like, Kate Bishop is, is my girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, connecting to your Perfect Stranger stuff, Larry Appleton, well, I don't know, I forget the actor's actual name, but the one who plays Colson Larry mm-hmm. plays um, She-Hulk's father on the She-Hulk series. I remember that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so getting to see Close and Larry and you mentioned MP5s being old guns man come on that was my gun when I was Dude, that is, <laughs> the MP5 is yeah, the Rolls Royce of submachine guns I, I, that, that was that was my long gun I had a Remington 880 shotgun had a 6 hour 229 for my for my sidearm but our, <laughs> our, 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 our 
another long gun was it was an MP5, and I shot so many rounds off that bad boy I can't even count. Nice. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I, I've obviously had my experience with them, and they have zero recoil impulse. They're freaking. They're oh, pretty no, cool they to shoot. Themselves. Yeah, like laser beams, and uh, they actually stayed relevant up until the mid two thousands, uh, at least with the U.S. military. Um, it's kind of a, yeah. a, 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 a neat piece of history that mostly we get to see in action movies. Most people don't even get to see one in their life in, in person, but uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just such a quintessential piece of that time period and action movies. And most of them are actually chopped down. They're actually different things that are modified to look like MP five, a ones or whatever the heck the model number oh, is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's cool. They always yeah, look cool on camera. You guys are talking about Scrap in the Daredevil series. They they almost did. They pretty much did that with Echo, and they're apparently going to release Echo all at once because Echo was doing so badly that they decided that they're not even going to do the weekly format and just drop all eight episodes. And yeah, just, well, just, I like, don't. I don't think anybody really cared for that series. Like she, I mean, she was a fine addition to Hawkeye, but everyone's like, "Oh, cool, Echo, that's fine." And they were like, "Oh, we're going to give her our own show," and everyone said, "Really." Oh, okay. Yeah, she was a cool character in the comics, and like she never really could. She could never carry a series. I don't yeah. know why they thought she carried a same with, series, which is same it's, with like Agatha Harkness, cool. right? They're like they introduced her yeah. in WandaVision. They're like she gets her own show now, and everyone said, "Why didn't she do like a musical?" <laughs> it was me like, the like, whole time. The, the big, well, the big joke on comics is always like because you demanded it, and they'll have a the return of a character. And now it's just kind of like because three people on Twitter said so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, no, I, it's, it's like no one really wanted this. You guys are just pissing money away. Right? Yeah, yeah, and, and, exactly. And, and props to Agatha. She's she's had an interesting career as an actress. The lady who plays her. Um, oh, uh, I, I saw her on uh, Good yeah, Morning. Yeah, Thank yeah. You. yeah. I saw her on Good Morning America, and it was it was a pretty good interview they did actually. She's awesome. Yeah, she's yeah. she's she's cool. I can't fault her, but yeah, that's gonna be. Uh, we'll see what happens. It keeps changing the. Time title too because they kind of don't know what they're going to do with it so okay it mm-hmm. well but uh but for comic books um speaking of agatha in a roundabout way mm-hmm. we do have the <laughs> penultimate issue of scarlet witch out this week okay uh scarlet witch has been doing this little thing it's kind of like a almost like bottle issues mm-hmm. we knew the series wasn't gonna last it was never gonna last it's gonna be it's being canceled with issue 10 next month okay it's been kind of a through line but it's kind of fun like she she sets up a you know there's a door in her office where she set up and when people are at their need and they enter a door wherever they are they show up in her office and she's the one that's going to help them fix the problem okay so it could be someone who's like you know who's going through like a soul searching type deal and she kind of like fixes issues for them Hmm, and, uh, she's a fixer been, okay uh, i like it yeah it, it's, it's been it's been kind of cool and like you know we we see you know agatha has shown up um you know she did show up for an issue and then she went off and did her own little spin-off little event called contest of chaos which kind of didn't make much sense but mm-hmm. it was it okay was just more than just because they've de-aged her in the comic books to more reflect the more you know comics you know the, the mcu so that she's not this old withered crone that she had been for like, right you know, so many years she's uh, she's been the age and she's looking banging now so it's like, <laughs> right, like right. Catherine on, I get sex it. sells baby it does well yeah but like but they are, they are, <laughs> you're gonna hit the button they're, <laughs> sorry they're, they're canceling it but they're um they're gonna do a uh, four issue miniseries starting in february same writer i don't know who the artist is but it's gonna be a quicksilver and scarlet witch miniseries in okay. february oh, cool. four issues That'll be so fun. at least be able to wrap up any loose ends that Steve Orlando, the writer, has in this series and then carry it over. But speaking of him, I, th- I think one of the best Marvel books that came out this week was Astonishing Iceman. It's, okay. Uh, it's a 
it's a it's a mini series that spun off of the whole Hellfire Gala with the fall of the X Men. I told you the X Men are all scattered about. Mm-hmm. Most of them are gone. Iceman's really gotten a lot of upgrades. You know, they're really playing his Omega level. You know, mutant thing. Right. Some of it's a little cheesy, where you know his his boyfriend is like his like his eternal tether who keeps him together. That's kind of his mutant power or helping him because he took some major damage from uh, the Orcus raid on the Hellfire Gala. He was basically napalmed and uh, thought dead, but he was able to coalesce himself back together. He can only do it for a limited time before having to return to this base in the Arctic, which is pretty cool. But uh, Steve Orlando, I've mentioned before, he's a guy who, being gay himself, knows how to write gay characters right. without making it sound like someone like you know in an after-school special and like right. making them feel really forced and phony. Yeah, um, we, we've talked about his writing second. before a little bit. Yeah, I mean, his his Iceman comes off like compare and contrast that to the Hawk Girl number four that came out this week, which was just so bad. I mean, the girl had like, you know, I don't know if I'm allowed to say the word, so I won't. But the 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 D slang for lesbian okay. written across her shirt four times, oh, and wow. like you know, like just, just just and just like everything in that in that series seems more of it's like a it's more of like a. A therapy it, it, session for the writer. Yeah, it's, n- it's an not an afterthought. Story. Yeah, yeah. And the character that's in it is a, is a trans character that was originally created by this author for an original graphic novel that they're bringing into the book, and it's not mm-hmm. it's not even a Hawk Girl series. It's more like Hawk Girl's a backup character oh, okay. to this character who's constantly like in the spotlight. It's a self insert character. And it's Fair really enough, just. Yeah. It's not the way to really do it, but then you compare and contrast that with Steve Orlando writing Iceman and writing right. this like you know super cool character who also happens to be gay, and they have the Captain America of the Rails. I've mentioned him before, Aaron. He's mm-hmm. a you know a, he happens to be gay. He's taken up the the mantle of like being like in this little network of kids who get inspired by Captain America and help people out. He he, he rides the rails like a hobo and he helps out people who like are on the run hmm. and he takes up the shield and, and caps met him and like, you know, it's been a cool thing. And he happens to be gay and he shows up in this issue completely organically. It makes sense for him to be doing it. Okay. And yeah. you don't make a big deal about it. You know, Steve Orlando just treats him like a regular character because that's well, how because they are regular characters. And it's great seeing that. You know, I love seeing that like positive type of representation that's like, you know, done really well. Right. And um, if there's a writer that's writing today that really does that well, I would say Steve Orlando and then segue into Al Ewing, who also does that. Um, Al Ewing is doing a book that's not related to that, but he's doing a, a book called Avenger, Avengers Incorporated right now okay. with Janet Van Dyne, the Wasp, and the Vision, and some unknown variable that looks like the Vision that's not the Vision. Okay. Um, solving mysteries for Luke Cage throughout New York, but without like costumes. They're basically going. It it, it, remind, it gives that feel of like the old Avengers, like the non-Marvel Avengers, like the Emma Peel, oh wow, you know, British series Avengers, where they're just like they're special agents solving crimes around the city and stuff like that. So it's it's a that's a that's been a pretty cool book from Al Ewing that mm-hmm. came out. Number two came out this week. Nice, and of course, incredible, incredible Hulk is out by this this writer. You know, uh, forget his first name, but uh, he he's he's just killing the hulk right now he's okay, just good he's, stuff it's, it's this horror it's amazing it's it's this like very uh philip kennedy johnson philip johnson kennedy is his name um mm-hmm. he is just like he's taking like the horror that al ewing did with the immortal hulk 
mm-hmm. and he's ramping it up another level and it's just really he was he was just with man thing like in the swamps and he's just okay it's just it's just horror it's hulk as nice a horror novel. oh i love it's, it it's, it's, it's that sounds man. really interesting actually just, go ahead yeah and he's also doing one of the best dc books out right now talked about punisher everything gets connected somehow i try to connect <laughs> everything somehow to what you guys are talking about right yeah um, yeah it all comes yeah, back punisher, we had Punisher War Journal back in the day. It was a great comic, you know, spinoff. It was Punisher, like, you know, with his, like, basically, like, like, untold stories from the past. This is a modern one, but it's Green Lantern War Journal, starring mm-hmm. John Stewart. Okay. And Hi, Sharice. John Stewart, his own book. And um, it's, it's awesome to see, like, John Stewart doing his thing and facing this guy who comes to him from another reality where john stewart is basically like a god who's like saved their universe and like Ooh. being like you're not the same one i know and he's like but i can try to be you know so it's 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 cool seeing that coming out of that that's a spinoff of the main green lantern book that's still starring hal jordan mm-hmm. um, we have jay garrick flash i talked about the JSA oh yeah characters mm-hmm. getting it's last week last week we had wesley dodd sandman this week we right. get the start of Jay Garrett Flash, and next week we get Alan Scott Green Lantern to round out the three six issue minis they're doing to, to bring the JSA back to some relevance. And the big one, Batman Superman, the you know world's finest. Oh the return man! Return to Kingdom. <laughs> the return to Kingdom Come. Really? By Mark Wade. Okay. Oh, um, uh, yeah, I've mixed feelings on that. Well, it's it's Mark Wade doing it. And so I, you know, I have, I have good faith in it because like, at least it's him doing it and not someone else doing it. And they've been yeah. teasing at this because the second arc of this, the whole purpose of Batman, Superman, the world's finest is to tell stories about them early in their career and their friendship. So you don't have to worry about what's happening now in the books. Okay. So all of this takes place like in the past, you know, like Dick is still a Robin at this point. So like, that's how far in the past it is. But they did a second story arc where we have this like sidekick of Superman that we've never seen before, and he's got these powers, and hmm. you know he's got this rage issue, and we don't know what it is, and he's calling himself like Thunderboy, and it's this whole weird thing. Thunderboy. And we find out that he's not from our reality. He gets sent back, oh. and we learn at the end of that second arc that he's actually a young Magog, who is oh. the one who kicks him. Oh, wow, that. So now we're so now it's all coming back or that that could be good back. if done well and it's mark wade doing it and this book has been on fire from the start okay um sounds like it's, it's been a really good series and uh this is um issue number 20 of batman superman world's fine it's gonna be a five issue miniseries you know returning to and it's, you know it's it's and it's very you know they're very much you know been building it up you know for the last couple of months and you know the story is you know it's called heir to the kingdom you know part one of five so i kind of like the i kind of like the element it's it's got kind of a star warsy kind of element of it where you know the the apprentice turns to the dark side kind of vibe so i mean yeah yeah, it could be good and they've tried a couple of times to bring magog into um things we did see like a version of magog that wasn't tied directly to kingdom come but they it was in in like because that was a different reality that was a whole different you know continuity we did have a magog in the main before the um everything got rebooted for flashpoint we did have a magog who was on the jsa and he was a little bit of a wild card but like no they took him off the board and eventually things got rebooted um but we've seen a couple of glimpses of this is the first time we're really getting like they did a Thy Kingdom Come by Jeff Johns years ago in JSA that brought back the Kingdom Come universe. We had that Earth Superman and all that stuff. 
and had a Magog, you know, going on. So we, we've, we've, we've revisited it before, but this is the first time since The Kingdom, which was a sequel to Kingdom Come, that mm-hmm. Mark Wade, the original writer, has his hands yeah. fully in on it. And uh, I'm I'm feeling pretty good well, about I mean, the. Uh, King, I mean, Kingdom Come is is one of my all time favorites. I mean, I think it is for a it's lot of people. Great. So I mean, I, and I've I mean, I've, I've cosplayed that character before at DragonCon. I think yes. and Richie and Richie did Magog, and we had a great time cosplaying that. So like that's that's the love of my that series. So I mean, if we're doing a return to Kingdom Come, and maybe I guess kind of a prequel, um, I would be yeah, I would be interested to check I'm, that I'm out. To see how it, I mean, it's I. Even some of the imagery in Kingdom Comes, I mean, Alex Ross's artwork is just mm-hmm. lights out. Yeah. But I remember just seeing, like, one of the simplest pit panels in all of Kingdom Come was, like, a preview for the next issue. And it's just in shadow. You can tell who it is. Mm-hmm. It's Superman flying, charging towards Captain Marvel, now known as Shazam. You know, because they're setting up that big fight that they're going to have the right. next issue. It's just, it's, it's just done in shadow. Wow. Nothing detailed, nothing crazy, nothing bombastic. It's like a tiny little panel at the bottom of the page. But, like, that is one of those things that that's how much that you can just – every panel just sold that story from top to bottom. Cool. So, yeah, that's going to be a good one. But uh, I'm going to have to check out Magog. I'm not familiar with that guy. Oh, you get Re Kingdom Come, man. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll I think I have it. I'll let you borrow it. Yeah, after I finish Infinity yeah, War, that might be the thing. What's yeah, that? It's it's a really, it's a very uh, Kingdom Come is very like you know it's it's very dark it's you know it's it takes place in a, in an alternate you know time where where things for heroes have gone wrong and it really brings up a lot of stuff that and kind of relevant really like, <laughs> yeah I mean do do you do you kill the bad guys or do you incarcerate them yeah. what's the line who crosses the line and. It involves, you know, something going wrong for one of our big heroes. I mean, I know it's like, you no, know, 20 years old, you know, but still it might be people, you know, if it, it might be their first time reading it. I don't want to blow the big, Yeah, like, still, you know, still relevant today. Actually, probably but, uh, even more yeah, so. It's one of those, yeah, and it's one of those that really, it, it goes into the debate of not only what actual heroes would be like now, like if mm-hmm. people grew up in the world of superheroes and then became heroes themselves, how the new generation would treat things. Would mm-hmm. they see forgiveness as as much the same, or would they be like, no, you've let Joker out of jail 35 times. Yeah. You know, it's time, <laughs> to, like, you know, time, to, time to cut the cord and, like, let him go. All those deaths are on you type deal. Well, so, uh, so, yeah, it's it's, it's definitely uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting little five-issue series, and you know, five-issue uh, cool. story, and we'll see where it goes from there. But those are the big books on the shelves right now. Yeah, that's, I excellent. Mean, that cool, great. thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks for doing the thanks for doing the recon for us, brother. Yeah. All right, so I, I'm gonna we're, before we let you go, I'm gonna close, and like we were joking about this. We're like, all right, I bet you like if we were talking to Charles, um, if we were to just give him like just just to kind of just like because my big thing, I'm a trivia guy. I like to do trivia. If we were to just huh. throw him like a oh, this uh, should be interesting. The name of a Fun major stuff. event that happened. Could he tell us like exactly what issue it was from? And so I only got one for you for today, and maybe we'll we'll throw you a different one for the next week or whatever. Or vice versa, you give him an issue and he tells you what happened. No, no, that's a little bit too hard, I think. All right, so all right, so before before we let you go, we'll 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 leave you we'll leave you with this. All right, the the classic issue in which Magneto 
rips Wolverine's adamantium skeleton out of his body. Son of a bitch. I didn't even finish the sentence. (laughs) Brutal. Beautiful. I can tell you that it's called Dream's End. It's part four of Fatal Attractions. (laughs) We're looking at it on Google right now. 1993 (laughs) crossover event. We had holograms on all the covers, and it's called Dreams End, dot, dot, dot. And then the next part was Wolverine 75, and it was dot, 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 Nightmares Persist. I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm <laughs> impressed. That is, I am impressed. <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. Well, it's, it's, a, cool, it's a cool issue, because in the, in the part before that, Uncanny 304, you get... Um, there's a scene where you see like they're all attacking like there, there's a there's a funeral for alana rasputin uh colossus's sister has died from the legacy virus at this point mm-hmm. okay and they're all at a funeral and magneto makes his big grand return to earth to the x-men wow. and they're like dude you're crashing you're crashing a funeral what a dick he's like he's like i'm here to recruit i have a base up and up in space anybody is welcome and of course the x-men are fighting back against him and wolverine goes towards him and you see magneto just kind of <laughs> flick his wrist and Wolverine's claws go back into his into the sheets, and he's just kind of like, "Well, shit, that's not cool." And <laughs> it's kind of like foreshadowing. And then, like you know, they're they have Magneto on the ropes. He's he's down. That they're about to like take him out. Mm-hmm. And it's Bishop. They're all charging up Bishop. Oh, I like Bishop. Yeah. You channel it. So like everyone's shooting Bishop with as much power as they can possibly shoot him with with like optic blasts. You know everything they've got. And he's channeling it towards Magneto, and then Colossus comes out of nowhere wow. and just cold rocks Bishop. And he's like, no. Oh, that was the you. turn. Wrong. You promised that you would save my sister. Maybe there's another way. And he goes off with Magneto. That's right. He, he joins the Brotherhood. Yeah. Wow. So the X-Men... The X Men, the X Men go up there, and, you know, the, to fight the acolytes and like you know, see what they can do. And everybody is, you know, having this fight. And like Jean Grey and you know, like Xavier, they join forces and they get into, you know, like to Magneto's mind. They're trying to make him see that his wrong, his, everything he's done is wrong. Mm-hmm. And he starts playing up some uh, some memories, and he plays up the memory of when he was hurt by his one of doug ramsey dying during mm-hmm. the fall of the mutant storyline okay that was when xavier was in space with the shiar and magneto was in charge of the entire institute he had taken over as as michael xavier as xavier's long lost brother and he was just there and he was you know taking care he was in charge of the new mutants he was the headmaster of the school and then they um you know, they, they, Gene felt that that was a violation of like his mind and was like, that's not really cool. Mm-hmm. And because she gave Magneto that kind of like opening and she severed the link, Magneto, like, you know, you know, Wolverine came at Magneto and clawed him in the chest. And Magneto was like, nope, nope, we're done here. And then he like quotes this like amazing Shakespeare, you know, thing that mm-hmm. Beast had quoted earlier in the issue. And he just rips all the adamantium off his, off his Damn. skeleton. Wow. And then. Xavier mind wipes Magneto, leaves him a vegetable, and we find we find out years later that that was the start of onslaught when oh, Xavier's okay. mind was a part of Magneto's dark force goes in dark mindset goes into Xavier's and, and takes out. root and that eventually becomes onslaught because we find out that Xavier is onslaught and, and you know this like a child onslaught and uh, Magneto okay. so a couple of years later. 
So not only so, did yeah. you just give us the issue, but you gave me like you gave us. I'm sorry, not the issue number, but basically the entire issue, and then what it connected to years later. So, yeah, yeah, so, that's, that's that's awesome. That's a sad, horrible life that I live. <laughs> I think it's awesome, man. That's <laughs> no, cool. It's like you are you are the wealth of knowledge. You are this. You are the comic man. We're, we're, dude. Gonna, we're gonna have to get you out when we start doing booths at some of these uh, shows and stuff. You're gonna have to, <laughs> oh, you're gonna have to actually make I, a I, make a public appearance with us. I read that story so many times. Like I, that was one of my favorite stories, Fatal Attractions, just because nice. it was it was just they all had holograms. That was like the gimmick covers back in the nineties, and they you know, each of the six issues. It was X Factor ninety two, X Force twenty five, Uncanny three hundred four, X Men twenty five, and then we had Wolverine <laughs> seventy five and Excalibur seventy one to wrap That's it awesome. up. And it was just they all had like the cool little holograms on them, like on on the covers, and it was. That was the uh, the gimmick days, you know, the '90s, where you know you had like the foil covers, the blood covers, the, you know, all the weird, you know. I remember well. Very cool. Yeah. So yeah, so that's. So I think I've done my part. All right, yeah, I think you've done more than your part, man. I we appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for uh, for your wealth of comic book knowledge tonight, man. And hopefully, we will have you back here again next week. Yes, sir. Sounds good. Awesome, All man. right. That's Charles Bass Rap Comic Man. Peace and out for tonight. But, great talking uh, to you. Yeah, great, great talking talk to you, man. We'll see you next week. All right. Have a good one, guys. Peace you out, too. brother. All right. That's Comic Man, dude. So, uh, yeah, we've only got a little bit of time before we have to pull the plug tonight. So, uh, let's go ahead and get into the world of the mysterious. You good with that? Of course. I know you Send are. It. Let's do it. All right, let's jump into the world of the mysterious, where sometimes things get a little weird, and we're going to go ahead and do that right now. Sometimes they're mysterious. Sometimes they're mysterious. Uh, And we're going to talk about the real story behind the Amityville Horror House. So... Um, you oh. guys, you guys know the movies. Some of you know the books. There are several. There there's are actually se- there's, there's, two, there's several two, movies. There's at least two that are very popular. Yeah. Uh, there's there's the movie, and then uh, then there's the remake. I remember watching the remake with Ryan Reynolds like, Ryan back Reynolds, in 2005. Yep, yep. And the stuff. first one had a famous actor in it too. So um, yeah, so there's this house at uh, 112 Ocean Drive, uh, Ocean Avenue at Amityville, New York. I think it's 108 now. They changed the address. They but, did change the address. Yes. But uh, but in that the was early, at a request of the family who owned yeah. it after the Lutzes did. Yeah. Um, but in the early morning hours of November 13th in 1974, something really creepy happened there, and which is uh, Ronald DeFeo Jr. killed his uh, parents and his four siblings with a rifle. Um, yeah, they. he was crazy. So DeFeo... Uh, yeah, he he. They owned a uh, they owned a car shop, mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't doing. Apparently, he um, Butch, the guy who actually committed the atrocity, mm-hmm. was um, got onto drugs and alcohol real bad. When yeah, he was working down there and stuff. And, okay, and, and he snapped. Um, and I, I'm paraphrasing this quite a bit. Yeah, and uh, he was said he was hearing voices which starts the whole story whether the house is yeah it's like he, the voices told him to do it is right. what he said yeah right. um and and then i think he went to a bar and then like got a bunch of people like oh my gosh my family's just been murdered he, and they he came went back. to the police uh, oh, from what i police? understand okay. and told him a story that like mobsters had yeah. made him do it yeah or something crazy like and that. then the next morning he confessed to it and eventually they figured out that he actually yeah. did it he he ended up confessing and, and showing him where his clothes were and yeah because like he um, took a bath afterwards and whatnot and he got like uh i think he got like life we're paraphrasing prison. over that because it's a pretty violent crime yeah exactly yeah, yeah we don't want to go too into detail because 
it is pretty violent. Um, and apparently that's really serving six life sentences currently. Uh, he he in passed New York. away in 2021. Oh, so he, he is no longer serving. He, pa- he passed away in prison in 2021. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he, uh, yeah. So he spent the rest of his life in prison after that. Um, but then we move forward to, so that was like kind of the basis for what happened in the real Amityville Horror House. But then in December 1975, a month after DeFeo was convicted of the murders, the Lutz family, uh, so the Lutz couple and their three young children move into the house and uh, they, they bought it up for $80,000, which even in 1975, that was a steal. Like, which was outside of their budget, apparently. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, There's, yeah, we'll yeah, get into that. It's, yeah. it's, out, it's on the water. It's got a boathouse. I mean, it's a pretty it's nice, a nice house, actually. Yeah. And it was up for sale recently, mm-hmm. again, like a couple years ago. And mm-hmm. it went for like, 675 or well in today's time yeah definitely yeah um but according to george lutz who was the father of the family he said soon after they moved in um they began noticing odd things around the house doors being ripped off the hinges cabinets slamming shut slime oozing from the walls and ceilings i yeah well i don't have that note okay (laughs) (laughs) that's that's wild yeah um Uh, hearing voices hearing things like gunshots uh, oh, like, like 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 loud noises right next to your head, and it always happened around like three fifteen in the morning. Well, they would always they would they said they would always wake up at three fifteen okay. in the morning, which was the same time that the murders happened. I don't know how old this guy was, the guy who bought the house, George Lutz. But if he's anything like me, he, he, he pa- probably, I know he, he passed in two thousand and six. Well, I, I'm saying like in my forties, I wake up at three o'clock in the morning. I mean, too, a lot. I got I got to pee at exactly. three o'clock in the morning all the time. Sometimes like, that happens. Just, yeah, it just happens. I just wake up. Yeah, yeah I just wait. Yeah, that's true. Like, uh, um, but anyways, in an interview in ABC, with ABC News in two thousand and six, so shortly before he passed away, uh, he said there were odors in the house that came and went. There were sounds. The front door would slam shut in the middle of the night, and he couldn't get uh, nobody in the house could get warm for several days. Did you read the thing where he heard? music and then he went downstairs and the furniture was moved like I, somebody had been dancing i did not hear that That's that was kind of creepy yeah. yeah there's also a secret room in the basement mm. that he found uh that was painted red interesting his daughter started saying she was playing with a new magical friend which they do put that sounds the, like poltergeist they, they, well they put that in the movies but it in uh supposedly in the i'm not sure if this is a book thing or just what i read online was that uh she was playing with a red pig okay which is kind of weird. And then he thought he saw faces like mm-hmm. his wife's face changed to really old. Yeah. I have that here. As and I know, they said that like his yeah. face changed that at times thing. his wife seemingly transformed into an old woman and levitated. George said one night, levitated, he heard, levitate. Like she was floating. Wow. Uh, according to George and George said one night he heard his children's bed slamming up and down on the floor, but claimed that he couldn't do anything about it because an, an invisible force was paralyzing him which kind of sounds like sleep paralysis sleep paralysis which we've talked about on the show before and, and somebody recently came to me with with something because we she knows we do this bit on the show mm-hmm. and was like hey do you think this is i'm like you probably just have sleep paralysis it's probably sleep paralysis I'm, you know you know me i'm, I'm I mean, kind it, of a it's skeptic. a terrifying thing like i've experienced sleep yeah. paralysis it's terrifying I, I yeah i i i try to remain skeptical I'm like no you're not haunted like because i don't want to freak but it is out. A, yeah. but it is a natural thing like yeah. it happens to people like, right. it, it is a natural thing um, but anyways, um, an- there's more paranormal activity. I don't know like how much you have in your notes or anything, but uh, nearby garage door opening and closing, an invisible Ooh. spirit knocking a knife down in the kitchen, a pig-like creature with red eyes staring down at George and his son Daniel from the window. So they thought that was his daughter's face changed into that. I've heard that's, too. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, that's creepy, man. And this is all this all took place over 20. Oh days. yeah, I was just gonna say because the family moved out. 
within 28 days after buying this house that was apparently out of their price range. Uh, apparently, they were quoted as, when we left, we didn't think, like, we didn't wake up to leave the house that day. We just got out. We left, and we we, we didn't even think we weren't going to come back, but they never went back. Yeah, they, well, it, reportedly, they left behind possessions, including clothes in was, the closets and food yep, in the fridge. It was all auctioned off. They later. just they just left. Mm-hmm. Now, the day they moved, uh, the couple had a priest bless the house, uh, and this is this is George account, George's account, not the priest's account, but the George's account has mm-hmm. said that the holy man felt an unseen hand slap him in the sewing room and a voice tell him to get out while the priest was blessing the house. So I've heard about the get out thing. I also heard that the priest got sick, like flu-like symptoms, mm-hmm. um, and uh, um, some stuff with the uh, the book came out, and they, they said the guy who was writing the book, some stuff happened to people around him, not mm-hmm. him writing the book. He says, I'll say no, but like a couple of the manuscripts, like somebody passed away to fire, but the manuscript was mm-hmm. unfired. Somebody went into a car, almost around the, the near death experiences for mm-hmm. most of them. Um, but like the manuscript was dry in the back of the car, in the yeah. trunk of the car, like weird, weird stuff like that. Like it's a pretty famous book. It was actually well, really big in 1977. Okay. Well, we're going to, we're going to get into that a little bit because now we're moving into the aftermath after the Lutz family moved out. So two months after the Lutz family moved out, Paranormal investigators swarmed to this house, and the team took several photos inside, including including a now-famous image showing the ghost boy peering out from one of the bedrooms, which I took a picture of here, which oh, you can see. Out. If you're yeah. on the live and you're listening, you can't see it, but this is, definitely, this is apparently... Uh, it looks like white eyes, like a kid It looks like a creepy kid yeah. standing around the corner, uh, like peering around the corner with like creepy. glowing eyes. It is creepy. And psychics that went in there agreed that there was some kind of demonic force present in this house so uh the lutz family was bogged down in legal and financial issues which which prompted skeptics to believe that they had the motive to create this fantastical story uh, to sell to the public or maybe to leave the house because they couldn't I, afford the I house think the, the book did well but they didn't write yeah. the book it was well, a different writer well that's the other thing that's the but next it was thing. a corroborated story because he, the, when the priest said something he was like okay it's not just them making this up yeah well here's the thing, and that's the next. That's the next point that I'm going to get Sorry, to. Sorry, you can. No, go ahead. Can you? Do you want to explain why we're rushing through this? Uh, we, well, yeah, we have a very limited. Well, you think apparently, time right like now. apparently, like we have uh, less than 13 minutes left of recording time before yeah. it's going to shut off on us. That's so. why we're talking fast. So I don't think anybody cares. So. <laughs> Um, but the Lutzes later collaborated with author Jay Addison for his best-selling book, The Amityville Horror. Right. And the family has said that they never signed a contract with Anson, and for the story and all the spinoff movies and everything, it netted them about three hundred thousand dollars. So good. hey, man, they made that's good money. I they think. made they made better money than the eighty thousand dollars they spent on the house. I wonder so. what Ryan Reynolds got paid for the role. <laughs> probably a lot more than that. Maybe Who I knows? should know. Yeah. Probably not three hundred million, yeah. but three hundred thousand. He probably made more, made more, made way more than that. But anyways. But let's talk about the hoax um, that a lot of people believe that the Amityville Horror was really just a hoax. So I have a couple of points on on both sides for I this one. I only have the facts, so I don't have any of the hoaxness. But well, I, this, I have are, heard repeatedly these are These are kind of the facts. Yeah. Uh, many people expressed doubts about their horror story, which fell under even more scrutiny after DeFeo's defense attorney, William Weber, admitted on record that he and the couple came up with the tale over several bottles of wine. Well, that's, that sounds like a wine bottle tale, yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> after telling the story, George and Kathy took a lie detector test um, asking them questions about this, and they passed the lie detector test about all of, the, all of these things. So it's kind of like one point on each side here. Um, 
But uh, Weber uh, reportedly said, we took real-life incidents, so these are based on real things that they heard or they read, and transposed them, um, which he said on Current Affair in May of, May of 1988. So basically, he said, we took these real-life things and transposed them. In other words, he said, it was a hoax. However, and it's like back and forth, however, however, uh, Weber reportedly fell out with the Lutzes over financial issues in 1979. Okay. So it's almost like, all right, well, you fell out of finance. You guys had a falling out, and now you're like saying that you made up this lie. Hmm. So, yeah, mm, right? Either way. But anyways, uh, George Lutz died in 2006, but he insisted the story was real. Until okay. the day that he died. Um, I mean, people see creepy stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, so his son, Daniel Lutz, who was in the house, so he was 10 at the time, right. said that his father dabbled in the occult and Ooh. invited this into their home. So Daniel Lutz kind of was on the side of, no, this this happened. It happened, but it might have happened for different reasons. But also, okay. George's stepson, uh, Christopher Quaritino, who was seven at the time when he lived in the house, came forward to say that the events in the film and books were way stretched no, to the point and, of fiction. And they, they, okay, well, the book aside, but I know the films deviate from the book. Of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he also said that uh, his stepfather was obsessed with the occult and had, but had exaggerated the paranormal events hmm. uh, that he believes that did occur when he was a child. So he believes that there were some things there, but it wasn't what his stepdad had made it out to okay, be. Okay, okay. Um, so, but also, and we're about to wrap this up here. The uh, the house has been passed through the hands of several owners since the Lutzes. Uh, I think six different owners now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but nobody else who has lived there has ever reported anything else creepy happening no, in the house. But I do know people, just as a note, like if 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 you had known, because they don't tell you if your neighborhood's even good when you buy a house. Like, yeah, you know, it's like you buy a house in a, in a, in a bad neighborhood, mythical bad neighborhood, mm -hmm. and they're like not allowed to tell you that. Oh, yeah, there's crime here all the time. Like, so there's, there's rules and stuff for this. So the fact that they even told them that it happened there was kind of kind of interesting in the beginning. Yeah. Um, also, um, you know, I know a lot of people that'd be like, if that happened, I'm never moving there. I mean, I don't really, it's not, I mean, that I would, that wouldn't make me feel unsafe because that was something that happened within that family. No, I, and that I, family is I no longer I understand that, there, but yeah. still like, it's just like, I don't know, bad juju or something. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so that's, that's the true story of the Amityville Horror House. Sorry, we had, had to kind of speed through it tonight because yeah, we, like, sorry we, about we are that. running out of disc space here and I don't want the show to shut off on us. What's that? Um. But uh, but yeah, that's that's the true story of the Amityville Horror House. If if you have some stories on the Amityville Horror House, uh, it's drop us a line at zumundo at if you're one of the prior com. owners. Yeah, I'd love I, to hear. Oh from gosh, you. that yeah. would be cool if we get one of them on Super the show. Cool, yeah. Um, yeah. So we've only got like one more thing to do here before we sign off tonight. I don't know if we have time for that. Oh, we got time for it. We're gonna make it happen. All right. So uh, remember last week, Keith. <laughs> when we had this conversation, it was about the history. I think it was like American history book, but it, I, it was one of those kind of Mel Blanks things when we were talking about like the how to survive a zombie attack. Like, <laughs> right. It was like something like that. But it was, uh, it was uh, it Mel was, Blank. You mean Max Brooks? Max Brooks. My, <laughs> Mel, Mel Blank, Blank does is the, a voice actor. Does the voice Sorry. for we were Bugs just Bunny. About him. That's cool, man. I would like to see Bugs Bunny in the zombie apocalypse. So, oh, maybe that can be next week's AI theater presents. I do remember. This. Do you remember this like, now? <laughs> Bugs Bunny's That's great. It. I'm doing that. I'm doing that next week. And okay. we're doing it now. And we're, we're doing, doing it, it now. now. So here we oh, go. Man. Uh, you haven't had any time. All right. You're going to be, I'm going to let you be Bugs Bunny. Yeah, okay. And I'm going to be Mickey Mouse. And this is going to be are Bugs you, Bunny. Are you playing the intro? I'm going to play the intro. Right. This is Bugs Bunny 
and Mickey Mouse to close it out tonight in this week's edition of AI Theater Presents Theater. Scripted Delights. Do your best. And now for another edition of AI Theater Presents Scripted Delights. All right, here we go. So AI Theater presents Scripted Delights. On this note, I'm slamming my drink. Right, I will be we... playing the role of Bugs Bunny. And I will be playing the role of Mickey Mouse. All right, here we go. I'm going to put on some cartoony music, some copyright-free cartoony music. Here we go. As the setting sun descends upon Toontown, two lone survivors find themselves standing in the street. The streets of Toontown lay in ruins, surrounded by rubble and the flaming wreckage left behind by the walking dead. Not even the cartoons were spared from this undead apocalypse, yet two survivors have triumphed against all odds and have banded together against the oncoming hordes of shambling zombies. Go Bugs Bunny! And what's up, Doc? Mickey Doc? Looks like we've got ourselves into a zombie problem, Mickey. Oh boy, Bugs! We better think fast if we want to survive this wacky apocalypse! <laughs> eh, no worries, Mickey. I gotta carry it up my sleeve. Let's lead those zombies on a wild chase through Toontown. Gosh, Bugs! That's a swell idea! We'll have them tripping over banana peels and falling into anvils! <laughs> It'll be a real cartoon catastrophe for those zombies! <laughs> yeah, exactly, pal. And if things get hairy, we'll just whip out some Acme gadgets and give them a taste of Looney Tunes magic. They won't know what hit them. <laughs> You're right, Bugs! With our teamwork and a sprinkle of Disney magic, we'll make sure those zombies regret messing with Toontown! Right. We'll show them what we're made of! Alright, Mickey, it's showtime. These zombies won't know what hit them. Oh boy, Bugs! This is gonna be one wild ride! Let's put our cartoon skills to the test! Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse find themselves surrounded by a queue of uh, horde of zombies. Their eyes glow, glow with hunger. Say, uh, Mickey, uh, how about we give him a taste of this classic slapstick routine? That's a swell idea, Bugs! Let's start with a good old banana peel slip! Bugs Bunny tosses a banana peel on the ground, causing a zombie to slip and crash into the ground. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it looks like they're falling for it, Mickey. Uh, time for some Looney Tunes magic. Take that, you silly zombies! Here we go. Alright, there you go. Who needs a chainsaw when you've got a good old pair of scissors, Doc? Right you are, Bugs! Let's cut them up good! With their what? comedic antics and clever tricks, Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse manage to outthwart the zombies, sending them stumbling and bubbling in all directions. Looks... that's you. Looks like we got them on the run, Mickey. Time to make our grand exit. You said it, Bugs! Let's hop on that Acme rocket and blast off to safety! Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse leap onto a rocket, leaving the confused zombies behind as they soar through the sky victorious. Another day, another zombie apocalypse averted, Mickey. Absolutely, Bugs. We make quite the team, don't we? And see, there we go. That's oh man, we silly. made it through. <laughs> we made, it was that was silly. Skip but some uh, scene setting, but that's fine. <laughs> That happens. Yeah, that's it's, right. It's it live television. It was it was live television, baby. But we that was a thing we did that we 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 did that. So I don't know. Hey, if you got an idea for AI Theater presents scripted delights, hit that's us up at zoomundo at outlook.com and uh, we'll take your suggestions, man. Uh, last, you know what? Next episode or next week's going to be a really special week because it is our last show before Halloween. So Ooh. I think we need to get like we need to get in some serious spookiness next week. Everything Halloween theme, baby. Let's Ooh. do it. Maybe it'll be uh, Doc. Yeah, maybe it'll be like a uh, mysterious world episode. Or oh, something. that sounds good. Yeah, 
I'm down. Fun. All right, let's do it. Down Either like way. a clown, Charlie Brown. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. We're going to go ahead and take off and get out of here, but we will see y'all. And we'll be on here for a couple minutes for the after show. Yeah, so absolutely. Soon. We'll see y'all next week. Have a good night. Oh, man. That was a good show, We had man. to talk fast. We had to talk fast. The well, time constraints we, oh, oh, my gosh. Well, I, I, I got to free up some disk space on my computer. Because, Clearly. like, we have three minutes left until it stops ba-dee, ba-dee, recording. Ba-dee, ba-dee. So. <laughs> I know. Like, yeah. we, had to, we had to, like, finish that that's one all, fast. Folks. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Oh, man. No, that good was, times, dude. This is a big show. I like, I like these big shows when we had a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. That was a good time. That was a good time. Good oh, Kevin Charles hey, on. I want to I talk about some more of these, like, television shared universes though. oh dude i love this i wonder if like steve we could connect steve urkel to the teenage mutant ninja turtles that could that could happen we'll figure it out can oh. i do that Hit a buff out. Okay. Hit a buff.